you know, my final thought, and I think we should have opened up with this one. Maybe we can do a little bit of re-editing here. Um, rest in peace, John Madden. Man, uh, such a, you know, one of the reasons why we even did this episode in the first place. This is this is exciting. I'm actually looking, I'm looking forward to this episode. I mean, it's funny part about it, though, is I felt like I should have done a little more research than I actually did um in, in actuality but i think thanks uh, you know this is a subject that I at least know enough about on the macro level yeah. to to make happen right and i think that that was the point of this episode it's more macro than it is micro anyway so um you know we'll have, we'll have a lot of fun with it and i'm sure that you know what your your continued fandom is going to help carry this this episode anyway so boom here we go you ready yep all right Welcome to Open the Box, to think outside of it. I'm your host, Jay Randall, accompanied by the nine-time Super Bowl champion, Rody. Rody, how are we doing today? How are you feeling? Feeling. Beat out Tom Brady in terms of success. Congratulations. You made it twice over. So how are you feeling today? I'm feeling fantastic. Awesome, man. I'm glad to... I'm glad to hear that, and of course, on theme with today's episode, today we're going to be talking about football. I mean, you know, the sport that I think caught us, grabbed us at a pretty fairly young age, uh, and brought it brought us here till now. Um, I, let's start here. Uh, what is your favorite team, Rody? And along with your favorite team, how did you get a chance to, to become a fan of that team? I am a huge Packers fan. Uh Go figure. Most of the teams I actually root for are in Wisconsin. How that happened, I, I couldn't tell you. Actually, no, I could. So my family couldn't tell you. That's the ironic part because they're they're all Jets fans. Like we were based in New York, and they're all they're all Jets fans. And then I came out wearing like a different shade of green. And mm-hmm. all I know is I it was a Sunday. It was like America's game of the week, so it was like four something in the afternoon. The Packers are playing. I don't remember who the Packers were playing, but Brett Favre was the quarterback at the time. And the dude was a gunslinger. The dude is an absolute monster. And he, whoever they played, they trounced. And I was like, oh, they, they're clearly the best team ever because that's how, like, young minds work. You see, like, one person beat the shit out of somebody. You're like, they're the best. This is why if you ask any young child right now who's the best team, they're probably going to be like, oh, the Chiefs because of the past two years with Patty Mahomes' success. Or, oh, who's your favorite basketball team? Oh, you know, probably the Lakers because they have, like, an all-star team. 
So I, I was influenced at a young age by Brett Favre. I just, I saw the dude and I was like, he's a legend. He's the man. And it just, it kind of stuck from there. It got me to actually like other Wisconsin based teams. That's, that's really funny. Um, if I would have applied that logic, I would have became a Denver Broncos fan because mm-hmm. I got a chance to see John Elway be, uh, what you call it, Brett Favre in the Super Bowl, like he, yeah. going for his second, going for his second ring, coming off a fresh, fresh, coming off of a fresh championship, feeling strong, feeling powerful, feeling confident. I'm sure John John Elway has never won one. Although his level of success over the years was like, damn, it's about time for this dude. You know, like he almost got the Jim Kelly treatment where he retired with no rings and multiple Super Bowl appearances. So, um, and then John Elway was like, nah, F that. I'm going to win this shit right here. And guess what? I'm going to win the next one after that. And boom, now I'm going to retire coming out on top. All right, dog? So, um, so I have a tremendous amount of respect for John Elway, obviously. I do love Brett Favre as well. Uh, Brett Favre, Brett Favre and the Packers are probably one of my favorite teams as well. They're up there, but my number one team, you had mentioned it already, man, I, you might as well consider me family too, because I am a Jet fan. Boom. Absolutely, dude. Um, and you know, I've been, I've been a fan because my uncle, uh, got me into football. I didn't want to watch sports really, or like mostly football. I was actually okay with watching basketball, more of a baseball fan when I was younger. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I was a Met fan, but you know, obviously, you know that when you have family who chooses the wrong New York teams or the less successful New York teams, you're like, you know, you you, you find yourself a victim to 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 following in those footsteps. But at the same time, I'm you know, I, I think that even the Mets had a larger sense of success when it came to, um, you know, achieving, you know, at least division championships in my lifetime. They, they they went to the World Series twice. They almost you know they 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 made me cry twice. But you know what? No big deal. Um, getting back to football though, I think being a Jet fan is very hard. Uh, but it also shows that you have true fandom if you are a Jet fan. Uh, so th- there's that. Um, yeah, man. I think you know, but but I think there's something to be said about you know the nature of football. It's one of those. It's one of those like sports that. Um, has really like grabbed the masses over the years, and obviously we're gonna talk all things about it. We're gonna try to tackle it from different angles. Y'all know this podcast by now. We're gonna extrapolate what we can, and uh, some of that stuff. I mean, football is way too dense, right, to get to all of it. I want to make sure I get that out there. There's not, you know, we're gonna try to highlight some of the the high points, some of the things that that, that are worth noting, and of course, if there's any questions that you may have, you may feel free now to reach out to us at therandoverse.com, T-H-E, randoverse.com, and you can go ahead and you can send us a message right right on our um, right on our landing page. So if you see Open the Box, you get a chance to go ahead and, and type in your questions and things that we did not respond to or did not answer. Now, uh, now, Rody, let, let's, let, let's, let's move on to this point right here. Do you happen to have like a brief snippet or brief history of the NFL? Um you know, on hand or in your mind? Uh, yeah, I do. So the NFL was founded like early 1920s or exactly like 1920. Yep. As the American Professional Football Association, so the APFA, where there was about 10 teams or so from about four or so different states. 
and they all existed prior in like different regional like leagues and territories, things of that nature. And then it got its name around ni- uh, 1922, where it became the National Football League, and that's when everything kind of came to fruition. And I'm trying to think where specifically, because I have notes on it. It was one of the first professional football leagues to successfully establish a nationwide presence after several decades of failed attempts. And I believe only two founding members, the Decatur Staleys, which are now the Bears, and the Chicago Cardinals, now the Arizona Cardinals, are the only ones still in the league. And the Great Bay Acme Packers, founded in 1999, is the oldest franchise with continuous operation in the same location. I mean, not only that, not only the oldest franchise, they won, they won the first two uh, Super Bowls of the uh, since, since in the era of the merger. So, like, since it became the NFL in the current iteration, they're the ones who hold the first two first two rings. Third, so nice they yeah. did it twice. So nice they did it twice. <laughs> yes, third year that they that they ran the Super Bowl. All right, my New York Jets. All right, back in '69, with the man called Joe Namath, brought their team, brought that team to 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 to, to victory. With the with the broke with the torn shoulder labrum at that too, so look at that. Anyways, but the Packers. So the first two teams to win a championship are the two people who are fans talking about the sport today. Coincidence? Hmm. I think not. So, do you happen to know when it happened? When it emerged as the number one sport? Wait, football is the number one sport in the nation. In the nation, not in the world. Because no, no, the world, I, I, I was, I was gonna say soccer is definitely kicking like football. Yeah, ass. yeah. I mean, soccer kicks the entire world's ass on a global on a global level. But uh, you know, I think in the United States, you know, the United States like to consider itself the world. So, in in a, in a technical aspect, it's the world in one country. So, boom. Um. Yeah. Uh so when when did when did football emerge as the number one sport in the US? Huh. I didn't I didn't even know that it was the number one sport. I thought it was still uh baseball. But I it makes sense. Like I get why it would be the number one sport. Just because like it's easier to view. Because you figure, right, with baseball, it's like three plus hours. It's very low impact, like it's not very I don't want to say it's not very interesting because that would be like biased and maybe not true because it, it does have its interesting moments, but there's not a lot of action, I suppose would be the better way of saying because sometimes it can be very dry and it's like three plus hours that you have to dedicate to a game. And even if they win that game, it doesn't mean they win the series because is it like best of three or some stuff? Yeah. In baseball. baseball, Like uh, first series is best of three. Then after that, they have best of seven, right? Best of five, best yeah. seven. So, like, regular season, it's like, oh, man, I can watch this game. Oh, my team beat that team. Well, you didn't. You, you may have won the battle, but you didn't win the war. Like, there's still, like, two more games you got to play. Right. Unless it's wild card weekend, right? Like, if, it, yeah, if, if, if they feel wild cards, like, they have, like, the singular game to get in. That's yeah. really exciting because it's like, shoot, that could that's a crap shoot. And it, it doesn't have to be the best team that wins. It's just who's better that day. Yeah. So I, I want to say that's why baseball got next. And mm-hmm. basketball, I don't know. I feel like with basketball, it got kind of boring 
for the regard that I want to say like what was it four or five years in a row was like the same NBA finals mm-hmm. and I think people kind of got tired of seeing the same teams playing and then it became like oh we're gonna make a super team and then everybody just got exhausted of them playing like the strategic aspect outside of the court where it's just like look I can bowl on the court but now let me be smart outside of it. Say, well, maybe I want to be directed to this team. Maybe I want to be directed to that team. Yep. So I feel like yep. with football, it doesn't really have like that much notoriety. I feel like it started recently doing that. <laughs> but it hasn't grown to the same scale that I feel like basketball has. That's funny. Plus, I you think know, it's easier to view, too. Like, you got Mondays, Sundays, and Thursdays. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, I think there there are a bunch of factors that that make it so appealing. Um, you know, you'd be actually be surprised with this, Rody. I'm I'm looking over here, and it says according to Wikipedia and a few other uh, things that I'm seeing on Google. Um, it says when did football become uh, popular in the U.S.? This, along with innovations introduced by the new American Football League in the early 1960s, helped football to become the most popular sport in the United States. By the mid 1960s, so um, you know there was a at one point it said so uh, also on on the same like search thread it says when did football become more popular than baseball and again we thought that maybe by the 90s right that's when football took over uh, but it actually predates it because it says baseball was the most popular sport in the United States in 1948 and 1960 but football has been the most popular sport. Uh, since 1972, so the one I think the one thing that helped baseball almost like uh, have that perception of being the be- like the the mecca of sports is their lack of salary cap, right? Uh, you know they can pay their players astronomical amounts to play anywhere, which is very appealing for the for the players, but it also gives the viewer at home this feeling that baseball is greater than right because it because you know like it has this. Uh, appeal similar to uh, across the world what soccer does like soccer you there's no you know soccer is the 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 sport with the most money in the world and then you have football which which is up there and definitely in the top five in the world with, with with like how much how much finances but it also has uh salary caps and other incentives that you know make uh you know a football player you know their their um their income and their salaries even though they they put their bodies on the line, receive less per capita than than maybe some other popular sports. So it's interesting uh, in that aspect. But football did become, you know, and I think it's very clear in today's atmosphere that foot that they center their attentions, viewers, fans, um, you know, or like people who people who work in in marketing they want you know they they know that football is is a sport that grabs the attention of people so as you can see like uh the fact that football is popular as into your credit roadie uh with the fact that we have stakes in the games like each game matters right you're not playing 162 games you're you know you're trying to win you know as many as you can within the 17 game system so you have a shot right to make the playoffs and then each round is single elimination so once you get to the playoffs there is no all right i lost today so i can get a chance to um you know like regroup re-strategize and be the better team next time 
No, you don't get that opportunity. You lose, you lose in the playoffs. You're going home and you're waiting one, like one, almost one full calendar year, so you can try again. And that could be frustrating and disheartening to 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 those players. But it also adds that dynamic of no, we have to win. Like we have to figure it out. And um, yeah, I think the the cool thing about it is, you know, in a lot of these other sports, you're not looking at what the coaches are doing, right? It's also a game about the coaching. I mean, don't get me wrong, all sports are about the coaching and the way that they're they're uh, put together. But when it comes to football, that start, that stop, that like, all right, what is the plan that's going to be the, you know, the breakthrough that allows one team to get the advantage over another? Uh, so there, you know, there's a lot of interesting aspects about football that that make it as appealing as it is. Um, but I think what truly makes it that number one sport is the fact that there is stakes and Again, you know, it's just some of the spectacular catches as well that they that, that some of these players make and the spectacular plays that 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 pop up in, in, in certain games. Like the more exciting a game is, the more you know, the more like energy it, it provides. Because like, holy smokes, how did this person catch the ball with one finger? You know what I mean? Like, how did they keep that that toe in in bounds right with like? half you know half a centimeter to spare you know like those things those things matter so it's just like you know making making the it really it's a detail-oriented sport that you know moves that moves quickly and you know one you know it, it may they make you wait for it for like three quarters of a year three quarters of the year and then once it's there flies by and then you wait for it again so that sense of anticipation it builds for for the next time too I think the fact that it's also grittier in the sense that rain, sleet, snow, rain, whatever, they don't cancel football. Like, your ass is playing. Like, baseball, if it drizzles, they're like, cool, 12-hour game delay. We'll just do a doubleheader tomorrow. But, like, it's it's rain. They're like, nope, nope. The field's not prepared for it. But you, you look at places like Lambeau, like, they, they feed off the snow. Like, that's yeah. – they're like, hey, you know what? We have – home field advantage we were used to the cold so it adds a different dynamic to the game that like most other sports typically don't have and mm. i want to say one last thing that might make it like the number one sport mm. look at the end result you go through your regular season you got the playoffs then you got the super bowl i believe and don't quote me on this i believe the super bowl is the number one celebrated holiday quote unquote in the u.s like, more people go out and celebrate and eat and buy food for Super Bowl parties than they do for Thanksgiving, which is known for food. If I'm not mistaken, it's also the most watched sporting event in the entire world. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll confirm that, though. Let's see. Tour de France. All right, we okay. So I was I was incorrect. The Super Bowl is okay. the second largest food consumption day in the U.S., only surpassed by Thanksgiving. But okay, you right. you can see how Thanksgiving is like a legitimate holiday known yeah. by most, if not all. And the Super Bowl is second to that. Wow. It's just it's just a game, but it's whether you're into the sport or not. Like you're eating, it becomes a social event. It's something you could talk about the following day. So it gets people together, regardless if they like the game or not. Mm. 
Yeah, most of. Absolutely. So, all right. I'm trying to find like a reputable website where I can get a chance to really do the the breakdown of like some of these most popular because I'm seeing like other things. I'm seeing Tour de France, right? As uh, the FIFA World Cup, obviously. But this is, I think they're giving like specific events, specific years. Uh, let's go. At, no, this isn't. All right. Well. Nope. Stadium it's all right. all right. I think we, we, as we stated previously, if they got questions, comments, or concerns, what was it, Randoverse.com? They could just always critique us there and say, hey, you got your facts wrong. Please fact check before you make these bold accusations. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yep, the Randoverse.com. Make sure you add the the, otherwise you ain't getting nothing. Um, I haven't made that mistake yet. I've never made that mistake. I've always put the the there. Haven't put Randoverse.com without putting the, uh, you know, not speaking from personal experience, of course. So, hmm. all right. So let's talk about it. You know, let, let, let's let's raise the temperature a bit. Let's talk about controversies within the last decade. Any, anything stand out to you, Rody? Oh, man, controversies. I would say... The only thing that I find controversial is um, is just the referees. Mm. And, like, we had back in 2012 the referee strike mm-hmm. and all the, the messed up crap that those, like, them striking, the implications that came from it. Like, all that comes to my mind, and go figure as a Packers fan, mm. like, we all remember the fail Mary. Mm. Green Bay versus Seattle in Washington, mm. like, the last few seconds. Wilson throws it up to, I believe, Golden Tate, and uh, what was it? Jennings tries to catch the... Jennings actually catches the ball, and Tate catches Jennings, and as they both land, there are two refs right there. One Mm. throws up, touchdown, the other one goes incomplete, like interception. And they looked at each other like like idiots, and then it had to go into, like, mitigation, Mm -hmm. like, oh, who was right, who was wrong? And mind you, it was like late September, so it wasn't like deep into the, the season. So it wasn't a game that necessarily mattered, but it's a game that could have mattered, like placing the Packers in a different standing. And mm. I feel like a lot of these things occur in the game, not necessarily that season in the 2012 season, but even now we see in the past couple of years how referees have completely augmented the game. And we understand, Mm -hmm. like, they're there to officiate, they're there to make the game fair, but sometimes there are calls that completely offset a game or no calls that completely offset a game. And one thing that's coming to mind is, um, uh, what was it? I want to say it was the Saints versus the Vikings in the, the playoffs. Where mm-hmm. it was the, I, I want to say it was the Minnesota Miracle game, where one of the the Saints defensemen got like a messed up hit, and nobody threw a flag on him, and then Stephon Diggs ran it in for the touchdown. They come back, they win, and I think the following year, I want to say it was, I want to say it was the Saints versus the Rams, and the same exact call occurred. And 
Saints fans are like, what what the shit? Like, why does this keep occurring? And the fact that like the rules are changing so much that it's hard to kind of in the split second make the right call and then it completely upsets a game and as you stated earlier like this is a one and done type of game that respective team now has to wait a fully lapsed season to try it again and who's to say like somebody like a key player retires or gets traded or whatever and you don't have that same dynamic anymore and like maybe that was your one chance and I think that's where a lot of controversy lies is there are so many rules that it's hard to call. And I remember, I want to say, oh, when, when was when was the last season Clay Matthews was on the Packers? Clay Matthews, wow. Yeah, I know. I'm bringing it back. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so, somehow I feel like that was like in 2014, 15, 16. So let's see. I, well, I'm trying to think when he was – because then he went straight to the Rams right after. So what? Whatever, whatever it may have been. So, one of the last years, right. Clay, Clay Matthews was a Packer. They had changed like how you could hit. Like, was a quarterback. 2018. It was 18. So yeah, in 19 he joined the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I knew it was some somewhat recent, but yeah. in 2018, like they had augmented one of the rules on how you could hit a quarterback, and in like three consecutive games. Clay Matthews makes a killer hit. Phenomenal hit. Oh, I remember that. The first three games of the season. And, yeah. And uh-huh. each one, they threw a flag on him. They were, like, roughing the passer, 15 yards, whatever the hell it may have been. And, and it was only time, him that they targeted. He, he was just like, what the shit? He's <laughs> like, I've been a clean player all these years, and now you're calling me out on this nonsense. And I think on the last hit, he got up and sarcastically, like, he did the Predator thing, and he was just like, was that clean enough for you? And I think, like, they flagged him for taunting or some nonsense. That's and it was just like, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. And that shit, too. Like, yeah. um, earlier That's in the it. season, Bears, this season specifically, the Bears played the Steelers. Uh, mm. Cassius Marsh. The kid was a bear for a little bit. He got traded or whatever to the Steelers. It was like fourth quarter. Things were getting serious. Marsh makes a killer tackle on either Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. I can't remember who was playing that game because they're constantly always switching in and out. Mm. And Marsh makes a killer play. He gets up, literally looks at the sideline of the Steelers. Not the Steelers, of the Bears. Mm -hmm. And... As he's walking to his sideline, the Steelers' sideline, it looked like the ref, like, bumped him. The ref threw a flag and called him for taunting. And he's like, "What? I didn't do anything. I didn't look at you. I didn't do anything malice. I just got up. And they find him. They did all this shit. And it completely upheaved the game. And, like, several weeks later, Tom Brady was playing, I want to say, the Saints. And Saints or Panthers, it was it was an NFC South team. I don't remember which one. And as he was going towards the opposing team sideline, he told it like the coach to go fuck himself or something like that. And they didn't they didn't flag him for anything. And it's a matter of just 
picking and choosing when you could do shit. And Joe Burrow even made a comment to that same regard regarding the the refs and their the controversial playmaking. He mm-hmm. got like a late hit or he got like a really severe hit. And post game when they interviewed him, he said, "What did you think about that hit?" He's like, "When I'm a legend like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to get those calls." He's like, "But for right now, I guess I'm going to have to take my licks." And he, as a sophomore in his profession, in his career, he's well aware. He's like, hey, you know what? The young players don't necessarily get the calls that they should, mm. but it should be equal all around. And I feel like that's some of the big controversies is just proper play calling and knowing that, hey, if I say or don't do something, it's going to completely change how the game results end. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I see. So, I mean, they do influence, you know, a lot. They influence the large part of the game. So it's that's important to recognize, definitely. Like referees are super important in in the game, and it's actually really important that they. Um, I'm glad they also like revised the rules over the years to kind of make some of that that the flow of like referee decision making faster. Um, this year, I think that 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 that, that, that looks like that's coming off more, um, more clean and like clear, which is, you know, overall, I mean, it's not never going to be perfect, but, um, you know, at least that they're making strides in that department. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's when I think of controversies for myself. I mean, this is quite a few over the past several years that we could that we could I could touch upon, and I think I'll go I'll go. And I'll just talk about the macro ones, right? Let's go with Colin Kaepernick being the most obvious of the uh, of the controversies, because I think that was a huge one back in 2016. Um, you know, just to give a summative recap, if you haven't heard, if you uh, just crawled up under a rock and have no idea who Colin Kaepernick is and what he uh, what his time was in the NFL was like, uh, he played six years in the NFL as a member of the Saint. San Francisco 49ers uh, came in as a quarterback under Alex Smith, uh, who was replaced. And he, in his first in his rookie season, was able to make it to the Super Bowl, where he was able to, uh, you know, almost have an opportunity to win. And let, you know, but unfortunately, the lights went out. I guess, and that Super Bowl was fun. Oh, the Hard Bowl was an interesting one. It really was. I mean, that's a historical event. We, we that could be a separate podcast in itself, man. Like, just the whole, um, just the whole scene, ambiance. You know, the 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 you know speculation that that the lights went out on purpose. Uh, there's like a whole bunch of things about that particular Super Bowl that was just super interesting. Um, but yeah, he came up short and sadly didn't capture. Uh, didn't capture that that relevance or that playoff, you know, that that, that consistent playoff contention. Uh, he could he never really lived up to that. But uh, I th- I think at the moment where he was about to, I mean, his his decisions of what he wanted, what impact he wanted to make off the field, uh, got in the way of what happened on the field. And uh, you know, he took a knee during the national anthem, and at that point. Uh, people were very upset by that. They thought that it was an un-American act, and uh, 
ironically, when you go and you dig deeper into the story, I mean, you know, Colin Kaepernick had asked what would be a very peaceful way to protest uh, bringing light to police brutality. And one of the people that he asked did serve our, did serve in the military, did serve the country. So, uh, you know, they thought that this would be one of the better ways to handle it without attracting too much attention. And ironically, that kind of just fell up on his face. Um, you know, I, you know, going back, there's also a story. There's also a thing where John Goodell, like recently, um, in light of more recent, uh, you know, more recent times and understanding that police police brutality does exist in our nation and there are people who do take advantage of their power um, disproportionately against African-American people in the communities. They, um, you know, they had to make a retraction in a way, in a, in a very odd way. Um, one of the, the way that it was mentioned, he, you know, he goes, it, it, he talks about how it was a difficult time for our country. Uh, I mean, to end racism and systematic uh, oppression of black people. Uh, the National Football League admit that they were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encouraged uh, people to speak out and peacefully protest. So that, you know, they changed their stripes on this years later because of, you know, at a certain point, the bubble to the surface and you couldn't, you couldn't ignore it anymore. Uh, a huge contingent of the players are of African-American descent and their voices in terms of an impact that they make on the field should be listened to because at the end of the day, I mean, they, you know, they, they, they have such a huge fan base and a fan base of people who reflect them and their experience. And they should have, be able to have an opportunity and a platform to, to express that other people, you know, like people, you know, have the opposite opinion as well that, you know, a sport or an athlete, their main objective is to just participate in the game and, you know, not really make light of anything that's going on in politics or in world events, social issues or not. Because, again, your your objective or your point or your your um, your your job is to play this game, you know. But then again, when you have that platform to, you know, to to be a voice for others. You know, it's really based on the individual to see if they want to be a role model for others or if they don't. Indirectly or directly, though, at the end of it all, whether they these athletes want to be or not, they are role models for others. People are naturally look look up to them, look toward them for you know, you know, for 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 guidance and why and, and wisdom. You know, even though some of these individuals may not be the people that you want to look up to at the end of the day, once you really get a chance to know them. But at the end of the day, everybody's different. There are plenty and many role models in, in the NFL. Um, you know, they even have best part. And I think this is one of the better parts about it. You know, they have people who dedicate themselves to service, right. Um, as you know, and they get, they, they get, they get highlighted for, for the dedication to service. And they're each one person from each from each from each team in the league uh, gets highlighted and acknowledged for their work off the off the field. That that that's a really that that's a really good thing as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, another controversy. We're, we're staying on staying on that on that realm. Uh, concussions. You know that that was another huge controversy um, in the NFL and it had to be addressed. 
for the reasons of player safety and ensuring that, you know, people after their their careers end, they have a life, you know. Um, it's very, very sad that, you know, you take multiple hits to the head and you develop what's called CTE and it causes it causes a myriad of of, of of problems and you know causes a huge downward spiral for some where you know in in in, in certain instances um you know the you know you become you you lose your humanity right and then you also you know you also do things that that are one uncharacteristic of what you would normally do if you had your your faculties your full faculties and you know including you know harming someone else or taking your own life so you know that's you know that had to be addressed and i'm glad that the nfl is taking steps to to mitigate that you know is it is it causing issues for uh the defensive side of the ball and how having to re-strategize uh the way that the game is played yeah it does it makes it a more offensively uh geared game and you have to adjust to that right how do you uh, how do you create legal contact that is still forceful, right? Because it is a contact sport. And one thing that 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 a that an athlete of that caliber will tell you, they don't want to those restrictions to be removed. They want to be able to make contact with somebody. So, you know, they're not going to accept. Oh no! Once you once you fully enclose your arms around the player, then they're down right there. That's not going to be a thing. So they're not gonna they're not gonna accept. Basically, you have to give a, a player a bear hug to get them to get them down. No, you got to take them down. You got they have to earn that. So you, how do you keep those aspects right, as well as prioritizing player safety and keeping that as the forefront of of um, you know the forefront of the presentation of the sport? Because the last thing you want as well too is. You know, you don't want to watch a sport with the potential of somebody's, you know, potential of someone to get super injured or, or die on, on, on the field. You don't want to see that every week. You don't you never you never want to see that, really. So, um, you know, like, how, how, again, taking those taking those steps. There's a lot of liability in the sport. But, um, again, the players themselves, in a lot of cases, are, are, are bought in. And this is the life that they know that they chose. That they, this is the life that they that, that they actively want for for themselves because guess what um these are the best athletes in the world you know and they want to prove themselves to each other and and, and to themselves that they can that they can climb the mountain to, to success and become super bowl champions they want to earn it so uh people you know these are individuals with a lot of pride so uh and you know i last in terms of controversies i know I think one of the things that we, you know, that NFL is also tethered with as well, um, sadly, is is racism, right? I think, and again, this is the, everything is coming up with, you know, everything has deep roots of of racism, you know, like I said, you know, at, at some point, everywhere it, it does come from somewhere, um, but you know, they're you know they're addressing football with the anti-racist culture now or with the the expectation of an anti-racist culture now which is supposed to you know dissuade people from using language that that's racial racially geared um in, in favor of 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 you know like 
putting, you know, putting like players of color down. And again, we look at the league, you know, there's a huge contingent of players who are, you know, uh, you know, there's a huge contingent of players that are either, you know, uh, black from the American Samoa or, you know, like even, even in certain cases, uh, of, you know, Latin and, and, and other like, the sense that, that that are from around the world, but mostly, you know, you you really have a contingent of Caucasian, Black, and American Samoan players in, in, in the league, really holding it down, doing their thing. And um, again, I think how do you create an environment in any environment, right? That's cohesive, and you know, we're all unified toward one singular goal to become, you know, to to be competitive, but to also, you know do do the right thing in on 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 a humanitarian standpoint so you know i those three controversies like stand stand you know closely with me in terms of when i think about the nfl and i think about controversy they have those those three aspects that 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 they're currently working to to address and change and try to because again for the not only for the, you know, purposes of, you know, you know, maintaining player safety, but for the sustenance of, you know, how can, how can, can you sustain this for the next 20, 30, 40 years? Because I'm telling you right now, if football keeps having certain controversies that don't get addressed, then what's going to happen next? Viewers are going to go to other sports, right? Basketball is, is, on the rise, and I think its popularity in terms of watchability has been rising over the past decade, and I don't think it's stopping anytime soon. If anything, I think it's building more traction for as long as uh, they keep producing like these top-level talent players who they really, you know, who who you can really get behind. I think I don't know for some reason I feel like the NBA is ahead of the ball in the sense that you know. They, the players, for better or for worse, have a platform to, to speak out, be themselves, um, and you love them or hate them, you know what I mean, like, for, for who they are. And at the same time, you know, cool, you know what I mean? They, 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 they should, you know, you, 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 if you've heard Russell Westbrook speak, if you heard Kevin Durant, um, you know, these, these are like, and all, 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 like, the two players, Steph Curry, you know, Clay Thompson, you know, like, at certain times, you know, LeBron James, you know, this goes back to the, to the Jordan era, you know, like where Jordan kind of opened up the floodgates for a player to have that level, that, that platform to, to speak. And of course, you know, I know, I know Charles Barkley would, is, is most likely, is most quoted for saying, uh, you know, I'm an athlete, not a role model, right? And, but as you know, going back to what I had said earlier about role models and athletes, you know, it, it, it's a natural, it's a natural thing. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. So, um, you know, the NFL being the role model, you know, being the, you know, having role models, but being the organization in which a lot of people follow, um, you know, taking a, taking an opportunity to have a stance that is mature and it has, you know, it, it, it thinks about not, not the now, right? Not the, you know, shaking off the opposition of maybe some naysayers now, but for the expectation that was in the next several years that we put some of the stuff that, that has been a problem societally 
you know, in the back burner? How do we, you know, how do we address it? How do, you know, how can we, you know, um, really highlight these individuals and build them up and make them strong? And, you know, like if they, if this is seen and on the big stage, can, can we really, can we really push society forward in the sense that, you know, people will be, um, people will be better overall. Uh, Rody, uh, I, I had mentioned the three things. Is there anything you wanted to, to add or a contest in terms of? I feel know? like with the Colin Kaepernick thing, I mm. feel like everything got taken out of context and out of like out of hand. Yeah. Because people took it as him being like unpatriotic mm-hmm. and that caused a lot of flack when he was trying to talk about something else. Yeah. And I feel like things did get lost in translation there. Yeah. And the faces and like the heads behind everything for the Niners decided like, you know what, instead of having people bring controversy to the franchise, they were just going to nix him beforehand. Yeah. And it sucks to say, but like most most people, if they decided to start doing these things at work, right? Mm-hmm. Would an owner really want them to do that? Like you're there to work. And he 100% had like a great reason to do what he did. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like physically hurting anyone. Like, again, it was a peaceful protest. Like he did mm-hmm. some type of research. He inquired with people what would be the least offensive thing to do. Mm-hmm. He did everything right. But at the end of the day, like you figure people are coming to see a game. And I know myself, like when I'm at a sporting event, I'm not my profession anymore. I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm just, I'm a fan. I'm there to kind of get away from the world. And I feel like a lot of people had issues and felt there was controversy behind it all because they're going to like, I guess, get away. Like that's their two to three hour escape is to maybe go to a game, lose themselves. And now it's just like, you're throwing the real world into my game. And I feel like a lot of people didn't really like that. And Mm -hmm. I felt like that's why a lot of the viewership might have gone down because it started to get really political and controversial when at the end of the day, it was, it's meant to be just like a game. It's a pastime. And I feel like that's why a lot of people were so turned off by the act. And I think it was a fact, too, that, like, they just didn't understand it. Because it went from, oh, my God, he's disrespecting Americans. And it was just like, no, 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 he's, he's, he's not. He's talking about police brutality. Yeah, but he, he took a knee during the, the, the pledge, during the national yep. anthem. And they're like, but he, he wasn't trying to disrespect. If you listen to what he had to say, it mm. wasn't about that. And they're like, no, oh. but that's what he's doing. He's disrespecting Americans. And it's just like, but that that's, you're not hearing what he's saying. And I feel like that's part of the problem is that everybody was so hung up on like this one minute aspect of the bigger picture that it kind of took away from what he was trying to do. Mm. And like it, I, I don't know how to articulate it. Like it kind of hurt his case because they were too close minded to say and see what he was actually doing. Mm. Like, he took the knee because of police brutality. And everybody just saw this one act and was like, well, he did this because of this. And it's like, no, that's 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 not the reason. And I feel like if it was... Like, again, it should have... 
had to have been like made clear, but when he explained why he did it, people were still hung up on that thing and just kind of ran with it. And then it just it snowballed into something bigger and worse, which inevitably like kind of ended his career. But yep. go figure, like he ran, like he kneeled so other people could run. Like now they are bringing light to it. So although he was the sacrificial <laughs> lamb, he was the scapegoat. You look at most end zones, what does it say? End racism. You look at most of the helmets, it says stop hate. Like, Mm -hmm. although it's not the biggest thing out there, like, they are acknowledging it. And, yes, he took an L for it, but he's bringing light to the thing that he wanted to bring light to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the point that it drives home to me, uh, you know, is just because a lot of people believe something, right, doesn't make it right. You know, millions of people were saying that, yo, I mean, you're, this is a platform to play football. Why are you spreading out your dirty laundry at this time when you could have done it before or after the game? Like, why do you choose now? Because the reason why he chose now at this particular juncture is because exactly what he, exactly what you, you know, the exact intended result was it got your attention. It wouldn't have gotten your attention before the game. It wouldn't have gotten your attention after the game. As a matter of fact, you would have turned off the TV. You would have cared about it. So do it at a time where you had the most eyeballs. Uh, again, as you said, he didn't do it. He didn't do it loudly. He was he didn't talk about it until it was brought up to him, really. Um, you know, and of course, you know, like, you know, he I, you know, like those sensitive issues, especially at the time that, that he brought it up. Um you know, nobody wanted to hear about it, you know, and the fact is, uh, you know, it took a pandemic for individuals to start thinking a little bit differently about how we're going to approach, uh, you know, making sure that all people, despite their backgrounds, feel safe and um, safe and comfortable in the workplace, you know, no matter, no matter who you are, like that stuff came, came later on. And again, you know, one of the, one of the, the front runners in this movement, one of the catalysts of this movement, we cannot forget is the, is the, the balls, you know what I mean? That, that it took for someone like a Colin Kaepernick to have to, to, to do that. Uh, pretty much, you know, he sacrificed his career so that, you know, people can now express themselves in a peaceful manner. So, you know, as I said, I think, and again, I I think that that that's a very um, it's a very interesting development, and you know, I I know it may not be the last instance of this. Let's keep in mind. Let's refer back, by the way, to what the nineteen seventy two Olympics. Uh, it might be it might be seventy six, but yep, where it was Juan Carlos Stanton and. Um, and yeah, uh, the other dude. Um, well, they both rose their they were they both rose their fist at the at the Olympics, and that was that that was a big deal, you know. Like while the national anthem was playing in the background, and the person who actually got the the brunt of it, who got exiled and mistreated, was the third place winner. By the way, like obviously. The, the the two the two contestants from the United States, you know they 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 experienced their fair share of racism and scrutiny, but that was to be expected. What wasn't was the fact that 
although that the, the third place player stood up on the podium, did not raise his hand, he did express his support for them and their um and for their movement. And again, unfortunately, that gentleman suffered too. So that I mean, and of course, I'll, I'll, let's talk about the fourth controversy. Hiring Tom Brady. No. All right, let's talk about it, Rody. That, that's the controversy of Tom Brady. He's just too damn good. How do we stop him? Uh, age. age. <laughs> yeah, he's apparently. Gonna old, he's he's going to get too old that he's just going to get that one hit. And he's going to be like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. I'm hoping that's after this year. I'm hoping it's after this year. All right. So when he, so he, but he's gonna leave when he chooses. I hope it's after this year. I'm tired. I don't like that he's in the NFC now. You know what? I'm still very, very jaded over last year's NFC Championship. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Like the Packers could have played better. Our defense was ass, but. Gosh darn, that was our year. And Tom Brady made us look like garbage in our own field. Like, I did not like it. With <laughs> I'm just like, he's a great guy. Like, he's a phenomenal player. Like, the things he does on and off the field, he's, he's a splendid gentleman. Just, I'm tired of hearing about him. Like, give everybody else a shot, Tom. Why, yeah. why, are, you so, why are you so greedy? Why are you so greedy? Just, <laughs> Why are you so greedy? Yeah, <laughs> I know. And it, you want to know what it is, though. I think the problem, though, as well, is he keeps getting doubted. Let's stop doubting him. Maybe he might he might suck more if we believe in him. You know, like I think he's just trying to prove a point to all of us, saying like the the less you believe in me, the more I'm going to just take a shit in your face. You know, like. Well, that's that's literally been his mantra. Like he's had a chip on his shoulder since he got drafted. Yeah. He was like, what, a fifth round pick from Michigan to New England. He got like very lucky that the QB at the time got injured, and then they put him in, and then he was just explosive out the bat. And then it was, oh, let me prove that I'm amazing. Oh, it's all Bill Belichick. I'll show you it's Tom Brady, and he goes to another team. Though in in that regard, I feel like. And I mentioned earlier the whole super team thing where, like, they start building around people. He kind of took a play from the NBA where just, like, let's go and find one place where we can all congregate and then we'll just make a monster of a team out of it. Because think, uh, not last year, but two years ago, if you think about the Nets, nobody acknowledged the Nets were really a basketball team. Like, they were just kind of there. Then uh, KD decides... I'm going to go to Brooklyn. Kyrie goes, I'm going to go to Brooklyn. Then James Harden's like, I'm going to go to Brooklyn. And then all these other names and whatever came to Brooklyn. And they were like, oh shit, Brooklyn's a reputable team now. They were, I believe they're in the Eastern Division. They were like, they were the beasts of the East. Like everybody was scared to play against them. Mm -hmm. And they were speculated to go all the way to the NBA Finals. And... You know, fortunately for KD's big ass feet, like he stepped <laughs> over the line and the Bucks made it to the next round. Bucks yep. should not, probably should not have won. Right. But, you know, they were the 
they were that team where they were like, hey, everybody's good. Let's like, there's one good player. Let's go follow that good player and chase a championship. The Lakers did the same shit where it's like, oh, LeBron went here. Look at how many stars then flocked to LA. Think about the Tampa Bay Bucks. Prior to Tom Brady going to the Bucks, they were an average team at best on their best at, day. At best, they had, I believe, Jameis Winston was still the quarterback there. Or yep, was Mike, Evans, Mike Evans was lighting it up though. So like, no, Mike no, no, Evans- no. Again, Mike Evans was solid. I believe Godwin was still there. He was pretty solid. They had a uh, Rojo, Ronald uh, Jones. He was yep. pretty. He was pretty decent. They had like a couple of other players that like mediocre at best. Like they. They weren't anybody that anybody thought was like a legitimate competitive team. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady goes there and he goes, I'm going to make this a championship team. He's like, I'm going to prove I don't need Bill Belichick. Somehow or another, Rob Gronkowski comes out of retirement. Arguably Mm -hmm. one of the best tight ends in the game. Then you get Leonard Fournette, who was probably the only reason people still watched the Jacksonville Jaguars because they were schmucks enough to give away Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. He bounces and goes there. So now they got another remarkable player to play for them because he was a phenomenal running back, still is a phenomenal running back. And then you get all these pieces being added to, to make it noteworthy, to make it spectacular. And then they're like, oh, you know, we'll pick up A.B. Antonio Brown's got some shit going on in in Pittsburgh, but we'll pick him up, even though I think it was a patch for like a day. Uh, and th- then they got, he? yeah, he was a Patriot for like a game. He got paid oh, wow. bank, and then they were like, oh, yeah, we'll take him. And they <laughs> made this like monster offense out of it. Cool, they win a championship. So like... <laughs> I feel like they, they try to prove a point, and I, I don't know anymore. Like, I just – Tom Brady needs to retire. <laughs> uh, you know, but do you want him to go out on top, or, like, do you want so, like, do you want him to pass the torch to somebody by taking that hard L, you know? Well, no, because if he goes out on top, that means the Packers aren't going to win this year. And yeah. Rodgers, year 17, I don't know if he's got more left in him. And I don't yeah. even know if he's got more left in him as a Packer. Because yeah. with, with Big Ben gone, prop expected to be gone. Steelers yeah. are looking for somebody. Like, there are tons of teams looking for people right now. And mm-hmm. Rodgers, although his best bet to get a championship is in Green Bay, because he knows there's a solid offense there. Their yep. defense has gotten way better. He goes to another team. He doesn't know if he's got that. Like, he's got a fairly decent, what seems like an amazing rapport with Matt LaFleur, his coach. Mm. You don't know if he's going to get that at another team. Right, right. Like, do I want Tom Brady to go out on top? Like, it'd be nice. Like, everybody wants to, like, leave with, like, a win. Derek Jeter got it. If Tom Brady didn't go out on top, it wouldn't matter, right? He's already got it. He's part of his legacy. Yeah, he's married to a supermodel. He's got like, <laughs> a thousand rings. My dude looks like Thanos in all of his photos. Like, yeah. you're already on top. You're good. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, like, there, there's a part of you that's like, you know, kind of like, uh, 
kind of like, yo, I mean, congrats to you. I mean, because nobody believed in your ass. You know, like, nobody thought anything of Tom Brady when he hit the scene. You know, they talk about it time and time again that any team conceivably could have picked up Tom Brady to be part of their roster and chose not to. He fell way deep down in the draft. And, you know, this, this, you know, late round pick. But you know, decided, you're, you're decided saying any team could have picked him up. Is it, is it the man or the atmosphere that makes a person? Like, that makes a player? Because yeah. look look at um, Matthew Stafford. Right. He, he has been in the NFC North for about a decade mm-hmm. as a Detroit Lion. They barely did anything, and he had fairly. De- he had Calvin Johnson. He had Megatron. Yeah, he could barely do anything in that atmosphere. He now goes to the Rams. Look at the explosive numbers he's put up. They're now in playoff contention. Yeah. So is it the the setting, or is it the man that truly makes them who they are? Because we yeah. I, like Matthew Stafford. Although, like I always crapped on the lines because again division rival yeah. i had a lot of respect for the dude because he does have a good arm like he does he is a good playmaker he's very smart he's got a mm. good arm he's an overall good quarterback but mm. where he played was not conducive to who he is and who he was yeah do we know if tom brady would have been the same tom brady if say he was drafted to the browns who have been probably one of the the worst teams in the past several decades (laughs) like they only just now recently got good in the past year or two right baker mayfield and even now they're they're playing like crap still yeah yep and you know if they lose baker mayfield they may have to very well start over again so who knows right you know that's that's gonna be that but you know, I oh, going back, by the way, I have to reverse back to when I talked about the comparison uh, of, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick and the Olympic, the Olympic stars who, who were who were ostracized. Um, I want to I want to make a couple corrections. One, it was the 1968 Olympics where Tommy Smith and John Carlos uh, got uh, got ostracized for putting up the black power symbol uh, at the podium after after winning their respective track race uh third place peter norman australian player australian track runner uh did not raise his hand but he was also wearing the uh the there was like a black power medal as well like that there was like a and he joined in so silently helping them protest so uh carlos gave his yeah and what happened was he came back and was like a social pariah. Like no one, like he got shitted on for 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 making that decision for supporting you know supporting those black Americans the way he did. Uh, and again, this is he's going back to Australia to to receive that treatment. So there's a very very interesting thing there. You know, like um, if you have the opportunity to read about it, it's very very interesting. And if we're going to redact things, I think I said earlier with the whole Cassius Marsh thing, I think I said he was a Steeler that hit a bear. I want to say it was reversed. He <laughs> was on the Steelers, ended up as a bear. He was a bear and laid out Ben Roethlisberger. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway. again, I, I knew he was on both teams. I just said them backwards. 
You know, hey, sometimes this we have so many things to experience in life. You know, we we misremember things like any human being ever would. But I'm glad that we're keeping ourselves accountable, right? You know, and as I said, you know, it's not going to be our last error, you know. But at the same time, I'm glad we were able to, to you know, deliver the facts on this podcast. No, because I was just thinking, I was just like, wait a minute. That, do, that don't make sense. And it just, it just, I don't know why I just clicked in right now because i was like wait i said something that was not factual <laughs> well all right so we had a dip in viewership last year uh in the nfl we are experiencing you know obviously it, it rolls back um it rolls back this year not necessarily to the fullest extent but uh, it's gotten considerably better in terms, and I'm pretty sure they're probably projected to do even better next year, maybe. So maybe they might get their, their sea legs under them. But, um, you know, let's just let's, let's just talk about the decline in viewership for now, right? Because there has been a decline in viewership uh, a few times over a few issues. I think some of the controversies in which we had mentioned had been, you know, some of the reasons for some individuals to stop watching football altogether. Um and I just want to ask you if you have, if you can speculate why there might have been a decline in viewership, or if you think that this is just a temporary hiccup, we're going to be, business will be booming for the NFL within the next year or so, and they can sustain that for a long time. I feel like there was another controversy that wasn't addressed that mm. plays in part with like the speculation for the decline in viewership. Exciting. Here we go. Co- coronavirus. And I yep. feel like, that play that took a huge hit for why people kind of didn't watch or have not watched as much because again it became like a weird political like this is my opinion this is my opinion and mm. again people are just there to watch a game like i i know for a fact like i watch i don't i don't care if you're vaccinated or not i just i want to watch right. a game like i want right. to see an athlete do something athletic and something crazy and something cool crap that i know i physically can and will never do Mm. and hearing about like their opinions on why they should or shouldn't like i feel like a lot of that played a huge role in it and i think that was part of the reason last year because there were so many parameters that the players and everybody had to go through to play last year and everybody was like well we want to play because a we want to play and b Mm. like people need this right now and it, we did need it. Like, it was one of those things where we were all, like, in some weird depressive rut because we were quarantining, like, we were miserable because, you know, COVID threw everybody for a loop. But the games weren't the same. Like, I remember, what was it, uh, 20, 20, like, 11, 2012? That was, yeah. like, the Legion of Boom for the Seahawks, right? Yeah. That was, like, when Russell Wilson got his first ring, give or take. 2012, dang, that long ago? I want to say so. Wow, I mean, yeah, you're, you're probably oh, no. right. But 2010, just made... 2010 was the Packers, 2011 was the Giants, 2012 was the Ravens, 2013 might have been the Seahawks. 2013, like around that. 2013, uh, let's see, here goes NFL Draft 2012. I want so to say he, he was about he was in the league about three years right before he won a championship. So by yeah, year, uh, all right, I got you right now. Boom. But regardless, uh, regardless, like thirteen, boom. You called it. You called your shot. So 
2013, the Legion of Boom, they were in their heyday. And what made the Legion of Boom so terrifying was when they would play at home, like, the stadium was deafening that, like, the offensive players couldn't hear anything. So while Ooh. defense was up, everybody would be screaming. And it, it was like another X factor. And you watch the Packers play at Lambeau. Something Matt LaFleur does, which most people don't really acknowledge, when you see him on the sidelines, and it's usually while the opposing team is on offense, he's on the sidelines with his his clipboard, with his headphones, just raising his hands up, trying to get the fans to go crazy because he's using them as an X factor. And I feel mm-hmm. like last year with the amount of fans that, that couldn't go, it took a lot of the human element out of the game. Like they play for themselves for fun, but they're also playing for the fans too. Like, and whole yeah, field advantage, right. like that does play a huge role. And I feel like that decline in viewership kind of took people out because it didn't seem the same. It didn't feel the same. Like you were watching an empty stadium and all these people, and it was like fairly quiet and it was eerie. And now like you're watching it and everybody's like, wants to see their favorite player. But hey, you know what? This week they got COVID. So they're out for a week or two. Like this season alone, I... When I, whenever I get the Packers schedule, I always mentally in my mind pick apart which teams the Green Bay Packers are going to beat and who they're going to struggle against and who they're going to lose to. And this season, when I got the schedule, I looked and I saw about like week eight or week nine, basically starting with the Cardinals to about the Rams. So about four or five weeks stint. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're going to have trouble that month. And yeah. after we beat the Cards on Monday night, it, uh, no, on Thursday night, it was a huge shock. I was like, wow, Green Bay could do something this year. Yay. Mm. The following mm-hmm. week was against the Chiefs, and I was like, oh, this is going to be spectacular. Green Bay is going to have a fun game. Rodgers gets COVID. <laughs> then they're like, cool, we're going to put Jordan Love in. And they played a fairly mediocre game. Both teams did. Mm. And that was the kick in the pants for Patrick Mahomes to start playing better because the Chiefs were playing like ass the entire season. Yeah. And then, then they went on like a five, six game winning streak. Think about the people that, because with the Packer backers, like people that fly from out of state to go to Lambeau, go wherever to support the team. Green Bay comes in numbers, like arguably one of the, like the stronger fan bases in the NFL. They travel yeah. extremely well. I mean, it has such a storied history. How can how can it not, right? Uh, you know, more recently, you know, you know, Patriots fans have emerged, obviously, for their obvious. And Tom Brady is a huge part of that. Yeah. You know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick they 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 brought that franchise to to new heights and make them not just comparable to the Green Bay Packers, but in terms of championship to pass them. So that's it. Um, but that's crazy just to think about just think about that. There's only a few teams that have that that level of um, influence along the along the entire league. Green Bay Packers is one of them. But you you figure like somebody's willing to spend all that money to buy to get a hotel room, to rent a car, to get tickets, to buy food for the weekend, fly out there, like all this crap, all these factors into viewership. Do you want to spend all that money knowing that, like, maybe your favorite player isn't going to play because they they, they have COVID? Yeah. 
Like, I'd rather just watch it at home. So, like, now the NFL's losing out on this stuff, and it's like, okay, well, I'm used to Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, where I can Mm. dedicate most of my Sunday, my day off, if your job permits to have the day off on Sunday, to watch football. And then it's like, I got one game on Monday and one game on Thursday. Yeah, it's fairly accommodating to like the working man because it's usually like towards the end of the night too. Like you can sit down and relax if you have a typical nine to five. Things of that ilk. Yeah. Why would I want to spend money to like go to a game where maybe my favorite players are going to play because of whatever reason, preferable like in this case COVID, or yeah. now that they're delaying games because usually like we I stated earlier rain sun whatever like you're playing it doesn't matter now it's oh covid most of the team is sick we got to postpone the game yeah and that also augments how games play too because now you're giving another day you might give certain teams maybe a bit more advantage to say you know what i got an extra day to strategize i get another day to practice i get another day to look at film and it kind of throws off the momentum and everything so now you're requiring the fans to remember like oh crap now i gotta watch this game because it's now on like a tuesday or or a wednesday because you know somebody's got the sniffles or majority of the team's got the sniffles and we don't want to watch a second like the second string team play yeah and it's like well at what point do you say like oh this should be applicable to all teams because i think um and i mentioned him earlier i think baker mayfield even made a comment where it was just like, oh, it doesn't seem right that some teams get like the privilege of postponing a game like two or three days so everybody's active roster can come back. Mm. But other teams are playing who have people on COVID reserve still yeah. having to go through. He's doesn't, like, why yeah. is it that my team's got to play, but theirs have to wait? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, I'm, I, I don't know, like, the official ruling behind that. Maybe there's a player threshold. Like, if it's above 12 people or 10 people, you know what I mean? Like, it's above, like, six people, then you have to quarantine. I don't know what the what the ruling is on that. But, yeah, that's definitely something, you know. Like, that's there's something to be said about the pandemic and its effect on the NFL. And not just the NFL, but just all sports in general. It, it, I think the pandemic actually caused a little bit of a shift, too, in terms of attention, right, which – a lot of people who were solely football fans probably moved over a little bit to basketball, other things. Um, you know, the other thing is, right, like uh, like for like myself, if you will, you know, like I'm not watching as, as prominently as I once did. I used to try to catch every game I could, you know, in the time that I had being at the bar from, you know, like the time your first game starts around 1 p.m., right, all the way down to the final game, leaving like around maybe 8.30 to catch the – end of the game by like 10, 11, by the time you got home, you know? So, you know, viewership has changed in the sense that, you know, like how, how much time do I really have to watch all of this content right now? You know, like it's just a lot of games, you know, some, you know, if people who were more uh, geared to watching the league as a whole became more team centric, that's put, you know, that's possible as well. But yeah, man, I think, um, that there's definitely something to be said about that. What do you think that the future is going to lie in this? Like, do you think that this is I, I, obviously? I think this part right here is temporary. But within the next ten years, you think that football is still going to maintain that that flagpole as the top spot as the pro- most prominent sport in the U.S. Probably, but I feel like people are going to not watch it as much because, mm. like, sports TV shows like ESPN, like NFL Network, 
they have ways of streamlining everything for you. So mm. like you're not required or mandated to actually like sit down for three plus hours and watch these games. Like uh, what is it, Red Zone, where they'll give you like a half hour segment and they give mm. you like all the pertinent highlights of a like a three hour game. So in a span of four quarters, they'll be like, "Here's five minutes of this game. This is all the crap that you need to know. Here are the cool catches." Here are the turnovers. Here are the this. Here's the that. Why do I need to dedicate three hours of my life now when the same network that wants me to watch these things are like, here's an abridged version. <laughs> and it, it's almost like, um, like with reading, like most students don't have a tendency, like most kids nowadays don't have the longevity to read because they have social media like TikTok, they have Vine, they had this, they had that, where everything's shortened to a point where they can't focus or process longer than a certain amount so why are they going to want to be in school if everything's streamlined for them why am i going to want to watch this whole extended thing when you're spoon feeding it to me so i feel mm -hmm. like retention for that might go down because yeah. they're making it easier for us yeah for sure uh you know i think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, I believe that people's attention spans have gotten way less attentive. Like you don't want to sit down for three hours anymore, right? Like, and, and watch something like there's like things get fed to us now in sound bites. You know, that's why we're, you know, we're more prone to going, you know, to TikTok and enjoying like TikTok videos than rather than watching full length feature things, you know what I mean? Like things that are, that are more like lengthy. Um, so just the delivery of information has changed, you know, like, but with that said, you know, like, yeah, you may know a lot, maybe you, you might know about a lot more things, but you know less about specific things. And I think that's what's going to happen with football. You're going to know a lot about, you don't know about football in terms of you get these sound bites, but you won't, you'll know less about the, the individual sport itself. And in this, like, you know, uh, condensed, you know, in this condensed environment where you can just, you get little snapshots. Because again, by the way, information is flying at us at this point. That, that's also, the other, like, so football is not only competing, you know, with other sports anymore. It's competing just for your attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's competing just to, just to, just to have you sit down and, and give them some type of, some, some, some type of attention. And that's not just with football, that's with everything. So, that's a very, very great point you made, Rody. Um, you know they do it within the games too, though. Like if you listen to the announcers, they have mm -hmm. to grab our our attention in like so many different ways that it's borderline nauseating because they're like, <laughs> oh, here's this like animated thing, and like here's this factoid attached to it. So it's like they're spoon feeding you facts, yeah, while having it be colorful and like inviting, so it grabs your attention, so you can actually watch and pay attention. Like I, what was it? I want to say it was Philip Rivers. Yeah, it was Philip Rivers and like two or three other quarterbacks. And they were doing a statistic on like the number of children they have. And like the, the screen went like to just an animated like version of each quarterback. And then they just like put up like little animated babies. And they're like, yeah, he's putting up some really good numbers. And I'm like, what on God's green earth does this have to do with football? <laughs> like are you saying like he's trying to produce his own football team 
Like, I, I don't <laughs> understand how this relates to the game. Like, what kind of statistic is that? And it just to a point where it's just like you could tell they're trying to get you to watch, but yeah. they don't know what to give you sometimes. So they'll just give you like anything. Like, I'll right. watch the Packers and the amount of times I've seen somebody give me a factoid about Rogers' toe and then they just show the meme of him like showing his toe on camera <laughs> is nauseating. Yeah. Like I, I, I want to watch the game. I, I appreciate you trying to keep my keep me attentive, but yeah. sometimes the factoids you're giving kind of push people away. Like I know for a fact whenever Joe Buck announces any game, I put it on mute. <laughs> like I just I can't yeah. I can't listen to the guy and sit there yeah. comfortably because he yeah. just he says some like Dumb crap. Yeah, Rody and Joe Buck do not mix like oil and water. Oh my god! I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I want to talk about Joe. Let's do. <laughs> let, let's do a watch along one day. Let's do a watch along episode with Joe Buck announcing something. <laughs> You're just gonna watch me like ram my head into a wall. <laughs> oh shoot! You know what though. I think I like Tony Romo better as an announcer than I like him. At, than I like them as a football player. No offense to him in his football playing abilities. You know what I mean? He was just a Dallas Cowboy, even though I was a Jet. You know, like he, I felt like he was in a lot of cases. You know, like he almost was a tenured quarterback in the time where like everybody was losing their job for like you know one mistake or two 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 mistakes in their career. This guy would like throw three picks in a game and be like, "Yo, guys, I haven't made it to the playoffs in ten years, but hey, I'm still you know." I'm still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'm like, boy, uh, yeah, I I guess, but you know, your numbers ain't showing that. You know, you gotta back that up with something. I just be a playoff consistent contender in a in a very winnable division. You know what I mean? Like, but neither here nor there. But I really like the guy in his announcing. Um, you know, opposite of Joe Buck, a little a little bit a little bit of highlight and shine. Um, I should call it. Goes to goes to Tony Romo for that. Um, all right, cool, man. Let's put on our creative thinking hat right now. Uh, listen, you, you're the general manager of the NFL or any football league, right? Uh, you know, what would you implement and why? Mm. How about you go first so I can get motivation? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, there's nothing that I would like try to implement. I feel like the game from when it started to the game that it is now are two very different things. And it's gotten very, I don't want to say soft, Mm -hmm. but they've done so much to protect people that it's gotten very difficult to play the game. And then there's like always new plays that are going about that make you reconsider how the game should be played. So I also, I love watching college ball. I think watching them in college at times arguably more entertaining than watching them professionally because Mm. in college they're playing for like three years, typically sometimes Mm. four to get a job. Yeah. They're playing for their future and you can see the passion when they make those plays in college because they're like, this is going to set me up for life. Mm. And I'm not saying that they get lazy while they're in the, in the league, but like, They've already made it. They're already established. Like at that point, what's the worst you're going to do? Trade me. I'm still going to play game. I'm still going to play ball. I'm still going to make money. I'm still going to do what I have to do for the next maybe 10, 15 years. And then 
called a career and then I'm an announcer. I'm a coach. I'm a this. I'm a that. Like, I'm still in the league. It So, with college ball, they um, – I want to say it was the kid Kyle Pitts. I want to um, – I believe he was the quarterback for Pittsburgh. Mm. He did a play where he – no, not – not Kyle Pitts. Um, I don't remember the kid's name, but he was a uh, he is a college quarterback. The kid went to go as a quarterback. He went to go fake a slide, and typically, for those that don't know, when a quarterback slides, that means like they're basically surrendering. They're they're going down intentionally. Like you can't really hit them, whatever. And if you do, that's a flag. So the kid, as he was running, as he was scrambling, he went to go fake a slide, and the defender kind of pull back on the hit and then the kid didn't fully slide and go down so like he faked the slide and then he kept running and i believe he went into the end zone got the touchdown and it caused giant controversy in the nfl because they were like well maybe we can do that stuff yeah and it makes the game harder because there's already like a ton of rules against like hitting the quarterback and now it's just like, oh, well, if they can fake sliding crap, who's to say, like, what kind of rules and how that's going to augment the future of the game? So I feel yeah. like the – like, yes, they should protect the players because it, it is their, their livelihood. It is their lives. Right. And it is their future. But it also takes a lot of the fun out of the game where yeah. all these plays are being done under, like, a split second. And yeah. now it's like you have to take time to readjust and reassess. Yeah. So you don't intentionally like or unintentionally hurt your team. Yeah. And to bring back with the, I mentioned Clay Matthews earlier with those like roughing the passer hits. This is a dude that like when he was in USC, I believe he was a, I believe he was a Trojan in college. Mm. Like he was a, he was a killer then in Green Bay. He was a killer then. The fact that he kept re like reevaluating how he was hitting people says a lot. Cause like, this is what that was his bread and butter. Like his whole family did that crap. I believe his dad was like a all pro Brown, like defensive, like yeah, defensive uh, player. Yeah. I mean, and to support your, your, your next point that you're about to make about Clay Matthews, just to paint a picture for anybody listening. Um, you're right. Clay Matthews was known for the way him, Troy Palomalu, right. Was another one. Huge hit, like huge hitters, you know what I mean? But if you told Troy Palomalu that you had to pull it back and you couldn't, um, you know, you couldn't, uh, you know, land clean but forceful hits on a quarterback, then, you know, like he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been as prominent either, right? In that, in that, in the iteration of the league that, that really protects players. So the thing is, like, you know, misleadingly enough, Clay Matthews' production drops, right? Because, you know, he doesn't look as, as strong or as, as much of a – he doesn't look as, as, as good of a defensive player because he looks, quote-unquote, reckless because he played in a league or played at a time where, uh, you know, just the way that you made contact with a player was different. And this guy would jump over defenses, you know what I mean, to, to try to get to the quarterback. This guy would hurdle over you to make sure that he got to his point. So just to, just to give you a paint a picture about what type of player he was, he wanted to perform at his very best every game. And it wasn't it wasn't a message of, oh, I want to destroy and I want to injure and I want to maim the person that's, that I'm playing against. No. 
I mean, maybe that's part of it, right? As you know, when, when you get yourself in that mindset as a player, but the overall goal is you only are as good as your last game. The NFL is not a place where you, you know, where you can say, oh, I'm going to take the next three weeks off and I'm going to take a mental vacation while I, while I heal up and I'm going to dog it for the next three weeks and I'm going to be okay. You don't got that luxury in, in, in the NFL, if you're, especially if you're one of the top players like Clay Matthews who has to produce. So, uh, and he, and yeah, again, like that's what he did every time produced. So, uh, just wanted to. I just wanted to. Just I. I, I want. I, I wanted to state the magnitude of that, Rody, as as you were describing. Yeah. So, like, what I would implement is maybe, like, not make the league as soft. Like, clearly protect your players, but also take into account like this is a contact sport, mm. and if you're preventing people from making contact, at what point does it turn into flag football? What <laughs> at what point does it turn into two hand touch? Yeah. So I, I guess that's what I would implement is just looking at the rules as they stand and yeah. trying to make them realistic without like taking the joy out of the game. Because I feel like there are some plays, some things in the game that completely upheave and take over how the game is played. Like what was it? Oh, I forgot the rules specifically. If there's a, I believe it like the QB or like a receiver, they're running and they get hit and the ball, as they're going towards like the end zone and the ball gets hit and it goes mm. out of bounds. I think it gets turned over and it goes to like the other team or some shit like that. I forgot what it was, what the rule is specifically, but okay. there were instances uh, that have happened. I think not this year, but like last year where mm. like you see guys stretching over the goal line to hit the yeah. uh once they cross the plane, they're yeah. yeah. trying to do that, and then they get hit, and the ball goes out, and they're like, oh, no, turnover. And it's just like, well, what, they're sacrificing their potential safety to yeah. make a play, and then that's how they're rewarded is by giving them a turnover. Yeah. And I, I think it's very asinine. Like, I think they should <laughs> look at some of the rules and kind of just, just hone them a little bit. And as I kind of complained about earlier – is making sure the referees are all on the same page. Yeah. Because if you have young quarterbacks or young players in the league saying, oh, you know, an older player wouldn't have gotten that call, clearly there's a bias going around that, like, you know, certain people are getting favoritism or yeah. things aren't being called the way they should be. Because yeah. there are certain games where you see guys straight up holding and they're like, oh, no, they're just being aggressive. It's a playoff game. They kind of yeah. let a little push and tug go here and there. And it's just like, well, if you're going to call it in the regular season, call that crap in the postseason when it, it matters the most. Mm. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you know, and that, that's the other thing, right? They do that. They do that purposely for entertainment value. And not only that though, you know, I think, you know, the, I think that the psychology behind that, right. Is that they want to sustain the player's health all the way up into the playoffs. Like if you get injured in the playoffs type of thing, you know what I mean? Like you're not, you know, if you're out for three weeks and, you know, you don't, there's only two weeks left in the season or, you know, like that's, that's it for you. You know, like you're, you're, you're pushing it even further than you normally would at this time. And this also helps with the viewership. It helps with, you know, like there, there's some, I, I can see a strategic aspect as to why one would not make the call would make the call 
in the regular season and not make it in the playoffs, but that also probably should be more clearly defined. Uh, you know what I mean? I, th- I think it should, you know, at least don't insult the intelligence of, 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 the, of your fan base to think that, wait a minute, you don't let that shit fly in week 12. So what's going on? Why did you go, you know, why'd you go ahead and let this play go? You know, like, you know, why did you, you know, like roughing the passer is, is, you know, as for example, we've been on the example of the quarterback. Why, you know, why would, why would we allow to slam Aaron Rodgers down to the ground this week? But, and then, you know, sometimes it's like specific players, right? Like, you know, like, and that, you know, it's just something to be said. Ben Roethlisberger was a big body, you know, like, so sometimes you had to be a little rough with him because otherwise he would take advantage of that, you know, like you take, so some, some, some people just genetically like respond to that differently. So um, I'm going to go back by the way, and I'm going to go and I'm going to say my prediction of the future of the NFL, uh, I think, or just American football in general. Uh, I think that football is going to do one of two things, right? I think it's either going to expand with uh, the prospect of having the XFL, right? That's the potential league that Dwayne Johnson recently bought, by the way. Yeah, like, yeah. So, you know, he's, it's no longer Vince's. It belongs to The Rock. So maybe he might be able to do something with it, right? To kind of give it some some semblance of, of, of popularity, especially at the time in the season in which they want to do it. They want to do it post the NFL. So kind of like not even competing in the same time slot in the same region. I mean, it's a smart thing to do. People like football, you know, like, and now if you get football kind of like all year long, it kind of satisfies that craving and that need. Maybe the NFL might even like that, you know, to a certain degree. It might even benefit them. Um, because, of course, they'll also be taking players from there, too, who, who stand out. So yeah. they're, they're almost like a feeder system, if you will. Um, so there, there's that aspect of things. Uh, but the reason why I think NFL or just football in general is, just, is going to be on a steady decline in the next decade is because I believe as a society we're looking at that sport as becoming too barbaric for 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 the conventional viewer, and you know as I said not for not for those who've been watching for years not for those who have grew up in a generation or two before us, uh you know, and not even consider not even like consisting of the millennial generation really maybe some of them sure but you kind of see that more so with Gen Z and below. Where you know the the big trend right now is things that are less invasive, such as esports, you know, um, and that's where people's interests are, are guided to more of a, a digital culture or something more individualistic than a team sport, uh, such as football. Parents also are refraining their children from joining like this sport because of the potential dangers that that there are at, at playing the sport from such a young age. So. You know, there's that 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 aspect too. So the thing is, if it's not appealing to parents, right, for their kids to want to participate in, then the future of the sport itself is going to suffer naturally as a result. Because again, like you're, you know, you're creating not creating fear. It's not necessarily fear mongering because again, it's legitimate concerns, and you want to raise your child to be as safe as possible. Of course, have fun and explore their their curiosities, but not something that's going to put them at risk long term. So. Uh, you know, so there's that aspect too. Um, so that's my prediction, I guess, in terms of like how football is going to be, you know, uh, seen in, in, in another 10, 10 or so years. But 
Right now, you know, if I control the NFL or any other football organization, I think one of the things that I would try to implement, right, uh, and I think that they try to do this during the game where they try to, like, give you players' backstories to kind of make you more connected to, 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 the, to, the, to the player, to the team, and to the product as a whole. Um, I think that's cool. You know, obviously, you know, every, every organization does it, right, because the thing is those details really matter and they suck you in. The announcers, believe it or not, are such a really important part of the production and you don't really realize it until necessarily. I mean, you can watch it unless you're watching it in a bar, right, in an environment where you're watching with a lot of people. You're just watching the plays with the sound off. That's one thing. Sure, I, you know, there's something to be said about that. But when you're watching it from home, um, you know, like what makes you like Patrick Mahomes, right? It's the fact that they give you that background information on who he is. And, you know, like how he was raised by his dad, who was a professional athlete in his own right. And, you know, how this person could have either chose to be a baseball player or a football player, but he chose to be a football player, but not only a football player, a prominent one at that. So, um, you know, he's just one example of many people in the league who they share their experience um, and kind of get you like hooked and connected with the fact that this, you know, this is the person that I want to consider as my role model. Going back to what we were talking about a little earlier, a little tie in there too. So, um, you know, I, one thing that I would implement with all that said is I would want to bring about maybe press conferences, right? Where, you know, prior, prior, probably instead of like the pregame, it adds this, la- this layer of dynamic, right? Um, may, you know, having, you know, let's just say we'll, we'll take quarterbacks for now. Right. But you could take any captain or any prominent player on a team and you could have them sit across the panel from each other and kind of like talk up the game and talk up the team. How and, uh, you know, maybe they can because, you, you know, there's going to be players that pop shit. There's going to be players that that are super humble. And it's like, oh, you know, I, I've played I, I've played the Miami Dolphins twice this uh, once this year before. And they're uh, they did really, really well. Um, they did really well. They played. They played awesome, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing them again. I think we had the the recipe for success this time. That type of thing, you know, like having that dynamic and that aspect. You know, you could also put it on the the ESPN highlights. That's something that 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 would be that would be kind of cool, interesting as that extra layer. Also, during on game day, you can go back to it, and if there's anything that's like uh like really like key that that this player said, like Drew Brees was like, yo, um, you know, like. Uh, JJ Watt, you know, JJ Watt can't hold me. He he can't he can't wrap his arms around me because you know like I'll I'll slip out like butter, you know like. And then all of a sudden, you know, that fuels JJ Watt to try to do his thing. You also have like a, a extra narrative in the story as well that's included within the game. So there's also that 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 connection because that's what NFL looks like they're trying to do anyway. It's just to kind of push it a little further and and develop that a little bit more to make it more purposeful. You know? They usually do that in the post game. I feel like with pregame, that would that would actually be really cool and strategic on the coaches' behalf. Boom! I think I agree because usually you figure coaches take a lot of things into account, like oh, which players are active, who are inactive, what's the yeah. weather like, what like do I have home field advantage? Am I playing in another stadium? Like they have all of these factors that they can account for. Now imagine a coach trying to implement trash talk and like diversions in the pregame. Hmm. So for example, like um, you have uh, for the Green Bay Packers, Dave Bakhtiari, uh, what like all pro 
uh, offensive lineman. He played the first time in 17 weeks against Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. They could have easily been like, yeah, you know, Dave's been playing, you know, he's still a little rusty, blah, blah, blah. Like they could have, if there was ever like a pregame discussion, they could have easily been like, oh, you know, he's maybe not feeling well. He's not this and that. So then mm-hmm. like they kind of take it for granted when they actually blitz or whatever. And then he comes in like a, like a monster. So they could use like their words as like a strategic battle tactic too. But yes. I, I feel like that would just be a little too extra. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like, like usually they do their trash talking in the post game, like, because they know, yeah, who yeah. Playing, they know who they're playing the following week. So they could easily do the same thing. If it just feels like extra talking. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does, but you know what? It doesn't hurt, you know what I mean? Because if you do it during midweek, you do it on a Tuesday, let's just say, right? And, you know, you have the coaches. I think that's a great idea to refine uh, – to you refine my idea a bit, having the coaches be the, the, the mouthpieces, to be the people speaking on behalf of their teams. I think that may be even better. Um, you know, but having them a little – you know, but that little face-to-face time before the game might also create that, that spark in a coach to be like, nah, I'm going to whoop his ass, you know? like you know, like So it, it might actually change the dynamics of the game and how it's played too, you know what I mean? Because now you're playing, you know, you're playing more with emotion, you know? And when you bring that emotion out each week, then guess what? I mean, you know, it, it, it can spell it can spell good things for viewership, not in than just like the, the, the energy around that, that, that franchise, um, you know, and, it would be kind of funny to be like, yo, you know, like sitting down in a in a in a, in a meeting with like, and you know, obviously Urban Meyer is fired now, but like, you know, be like, Urban Meyer, you suck ass, you know what I mean? Like, so if one if one of those coaches was like, you know, like gonna, you know, just like call him out in that moment, you know, like just kind of do shit like that. So, so basically, turn it into funny. the WWE where it's just like, oh yeah, I mean, hey, you suck ass, and then Urban Meyer's out of nowhere, dun 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 dun. Oh, he's got a chair. Boom! Yeah, there we go. And then, and then Urban Meyer, like he, like he rips off his shirt and it says XFL on it. And then he like, <laughs> like uh, I joined the league. I joined the other league. I'm out this bitch, you know. Like. <laughs> I didn't get fired. I quit. <laughs> yeah. I'm too big for college football and professional football. <laughs> All right. All right, Rody, sound off time. Um, any any individual players or things that we haven't addressed? Um, only thing that I can think of, and I want to say it kind of goes in tandem with uh, you discussing controversy of CTE. Mm. Antonio Brown, jeez, dude, like I I don't know if it's just eccentric, if it's that 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 hit from like perfect way back when when he was a Steeler against the the Bengals. Yep. I don't know, like I don't know what his deal is, but I hope, I, I hope something happens because that, that dude, he is a character. Like the way he just like derobed, and the funny thing yeah. is too, earlier in the season, you and I we went to go see the the Jets play the Eagles, and it was just a hot mess express. One of the other games that I, I actually wanted to get tickets for was Jets versus the Bucks. And, <laughs> I was like, nah, it's going to be a blowout. Nothing cool is going to happen. And look what happened. Like, we yeah. could have seen that live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what? 
the teams they work, you know, like NFL is cool. You know, each week is different. You know, there'll be a moment where where they surprise you sometimes, and that's that's kind of that's kind of interesting. I think that's what keeps it engaging and fun. Um, yeah, most of. Let's see. Oh, I wanted to mention, by the way, the reason why we had the the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference, and that's due to the the merger that happened back in the seventies, um, where what you would call it? It was the AFL and the NFL, which were the two top tier leagues in in the in just all of football at that time. There were other leagues that were present, um, but you know, once that merger happened, especially like the you know that's when it it took football took over nfl was always was the oldest of them uh, of the of the tandem um so it kept its namesake but the conferences the american football conference where the houses the jets part of the former afl and the nfl the national football conference which houses of course i'll use the giants as an example since we're in new york um you know those those teams are, are are present in both, so that's that that's kind of where that came from. Just in case anybody was was a little confused, like you know the, the Baltimore Colts, they were from that AF that AFL, you know as well. So before they became the Indianapolis Colts, so just a little bit of a fun extra information there. Um, anybody seeking to be like, yo, uh, why do you have the AFC like and the NFC? Why do you break it up into those conferences? It's actually as a result of um, let's see, uh, individual players, man, there's so many, there's so many players that we can obviously talk about, right? I mean, we only scratched the surface of, you know, all the players that, that have, you know, touched the, touched the football field and, you know, had their hands on the pigskin. I think there's so many different players that we could talk about and, you know, controversies, we only talked about controversies within the past decade. You know what I mean? Like we haven't talked about controversies from twenty plus years ago. You know, like hey, I mean, we we didn't even get a chance to talk about the whole you know O.J. Simpson trial, how that turned, you know that you know and how that turned everything on its head. You know, that there's more. It was, that was more than a game. That was, they became so much, and it, it it became like this whole big multi layered issue that that happened in in life, but. In, 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 our, in our lifetime, but it's actually just, you know, it, it won't be, won't be controversy, you know, will follow anything that we do, you know what I mean, in any sport, and you can find it, um, and I'm pretty sure it won't be the last, because, you know, in, in life, we always try to correct ourselves, but I think um, we, we covered a lot of that, too, so, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to say, though, like, overall, um, I'm glad to have been you know, a football fan, I think when I think of football, it, it connects me to, to my uncle. Uh, you know, that was, he was the one who introduced me to, to watching that sport particularly. And um, I feel very thankful at the fact that, you know, even though I'm a Jet fan, you know, like, <laughs> I, I know that could be hard sometimes, but I think that's, um, you know, it, this is such a, a nuanced sport. And when you get a chance to to really dissect it and like, you know, go throughout the history of watching this particular thing on, you know, as 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 long as we have, you know, it's like, you, we can make these like, 
these, these assessments, it's not judgments really, because at the end of it all, right, you had mentioned this earlier that this is a way different league from when we were children to, to when we watching, we're watching it now. Right. So, um, yeah, who knows what, who knows what the future of football will be, but I will do know this. Um, you know, I'm glad at the relationships that it have forged, right? I mean, the football is, is, is great from a fan's perspective because it allows you to connect with, with friends and other people. And, you know, like going to live games is a real great experience. Uh, you know, memorable. Uh, whether I remember one of my favorite times, when it was, when I, when I, was one of my first games when we were going, when I went and we were walking down a tunnel the sort of tunnel that goes from the Meadowlands, from the parking lot to the Meadowlands. And all you heard was J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Woo! And it was an echo inside. And it was like like hundreds upon hundreds of fans doing this together. Like one person was started, and then we all did it. And it was like this this type of thing. And it carried over into the stadium. That energy was high. The, the, the vibrance was in the air. The excitement was there. But that's back when we had, you know, that's back when we when, when you have excitement around the team, right? Because if you know, once the wheels fall off and things are deflated and things suck for a while, you know, it can it can, it can go really poorly very quickly. No, I, I have a similar experience when I went to because I've only been to Lambo once, and it's to this day like my favorite game that I've ever gone to. Twenty fourteen, yeah. I want to say November thirtieth of twenty fourteen, Green Bay Packers versus the New England Patriots. Arguably one of the best games of the entire season. Aaron Rodgers in like his peak, Tom Brady in his peak, played. And Green Bay won like 24-20 or something like that. It was a very close game. It got to the point where like instead of like having to try anything, they just took a knee at the very end. And I went and one of my good friends who was a Pats fan, we went together. Mm. And... The ambi- like Lambeau Field, if, it doesn't matter if you like or dislike the Packers. You should just go to that stadium regardless. It is just chock full of history. It is remarkable. It just, But the, what makes it even better are the fans. Because I've, I've left, <laughs> I've left Met, MetLife Stadium. I've left Giants games. I've left Jets games where people were absolute pieces of shit. Like, I had somebody pour a beer on me during a Packers-Giants game once, and I was like, man, this is why I can't stand New York teams, or specifically the Giants, because fan base is atrocious. But I remember leaving Lambeau Field as we were leaving to go to our car. Everybody screaming, go Pack Go, go Pack Go. It was electric. But what was even better was the people, because they were going up to my friend, who was a Patriots fan, shaking his hand and saying that was a great game as if his ass was on the field making the plays himself. And it was just, it was so remarkable to see that like just the fans being like genuine. Mm. And I think that's what I like most about like going to games. It's just like, sometimes you get to see the best of people and sometimes you get to see the worst of people. And when you see the best of them, it's, it's astounding. Mm. And in those instances, because I remember like the following year, we went to Foxborough. We ended up seeing the the Pats play Green Bay in New England, and similarly, like the fans, like there were some annoying ones, but like where we sat, 
the dude beside us was with his, his kid. The guy was shooting the breeze with us. Like, genuinely good people. And it it really brings to light, like, they they always say it in, like, the during the announcements and stuff, like, football is family. And it is. Oh. Because, like, you can make those connections, and it, it really brings everything to light. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Rody, I actually have one final question for you before we before we sign off today, and I think that question is: if you had to recommend, uh, you know, American football to a complete novice who's never seen the, the game before, uh, one, would you, and two, what would you tell them about why the why they would should be interested in this? I I would suggest it. And then, well, I would suggest it just because I'm biased. I like it. Because, again, I used to go from baseball. Like, baseball used to be my favorite sport. And then I got older yeah. and I didn't have time for it. And yeah. then just football was there. But I would suggest mm-hmm. it just because, like, it is very creative. Like, there's nothing like watching a game that's been tight the whole four quarters. And mm-hmm. then the exhilaration and the excitement of seeing, like, a kicker make it. Or the opposing kicker muffing it horribly pulling it left or right and you losing your crap like i remember oh how many years ago was it uh green bay versus detroit it was aaron Rodgers's birthday and detroit was winning it was like the last few seconds of the game aaron Rodgers threw a hail mary and i remember it was a sunday night football game rogers threw a hail mary and it was the rogers to rogers connection it was a miracle in motown and Richard Rodgers comes down with it. Green Bay wins. And I remember losing my shit. Yeah, I my remember that. My family woke up. They're like, why are you screaming? And I'm like... The game was like, was like, over. Yeah, <laughs> over. They're like, the hell? It's like 11 o'clock at night. Why are you yeah. screaming? I would think of your neighbors. And I was like, yeah. did you not just see this play? They're like, no, we're like feasible people. We went to sleep a while ago. Yeah. And all I remember was just like the, the sheer excitement of it was that mm. usually these plays, hence why they're called Hail Marys, because like you're praying that it actually goes through. Yeah. There's very, very small likelihood that your play is going to be successful to Hail Mary. Yeah. And there's, they actually have a percentage, right? It's like a very, very low percentage, like point something. Yeah. I, I don't look, I couldn't give you the numbers, but it was just remarkable to see. And, even when it wasn't done by, like, Green Bay, because Rodgers is known for his Hail Marys. Yeah. Like, I think he's got three or four notable ones are under his belt. But, like, the Kyla Murray, the one, I, th- I think it was last year, the Kyla Murray to D-Hop against the Bills, mm. where DeAndre Hopkins was in, like, triple coverage, and his ass still came down with the ball. And it was just so exhilarating to see, to witness, like, such remarkable athleticism. The, the catch in, like, 2015 by OBJ against mm. Dallas. Like, there are just some things that you think to yourself, like, humans can't do. And then <laughs> you see, like, a human do it, and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. This is what we're capable of. Yeah. And I, that's what I would suggest. is just, like, I would show them a highlight reel of just, like, crazy-ass plays mm. and be like, the premise of the game is you have four tries to go 10 yards. And this is what most people do when they try to get those 10 yards. And then just show them all the crazy catches and just call it a day from there. Yeah. Ex- uh, <laughs> exciting things happen more often 
in football than they do in golf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, choose, so choose wisely, my friends. Um, yeah, you know, I can't believe that I waited almost two hours to mention this, but fantasy football, I think that's, uh, you know, so, you know, and just the nature of, of football as a, as a betting sport too, has also helped make it as popular as it's become those ancillary things that we don't think really matter. No, that they matter too. So like the Vegas betting odds, like the spreads in football, it's, it's, it's more winnable for people who are like, you know, like jumping into it, you know, like, so that's, that's something that, you know, you know, uh, that's something how the NFL makes a lot of its money based on, uh, its betting culture. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of people like trying to, trying to make the spreads and try to predict the score of, the football game, like, oh, well, the Patriots outscore the Giants by seven or more. You know what I mean? Asking those, like, particular questions. And, you know, it, it could be very lucrative for some who build a business off of that and build a brand off of it. Um, You know, as well as fantasy football, which is kind of similar, I mean, in a sense, to a certain degree in terms of, like, that betting culture, but it's more about the stock market of football players, right? Like which uh, you get a chance to really focus in on which players um, are really performing on teams and how do I get those individuals to be part of my, my team and how do I create, you know, like this, this, you know, dream team of individuals by position from different teams in the league, which is cool in a sense because you get a chance to see these stats and you get to juxtapose them against who you're playing with that particular week. So you, you, you almost feel as if you're, you're playing alongside them, you know, in, in a, in a weird way. Uh, so fantasy football helps in, in, in engagement in the football season that way. Um, and I, even though like my viewership in football has declined over the past several years, um, you know, a couple of years rather, cause I was, you know, I was huge watching football, at least up until 2019. Um, you know, like I'm still in, engaged in fantasy leagues and things like that. Like, you know, because one, you don't necessarily have to watch every single game. You just have to be aware of the performances of each week. And it keeps you even, in, it keeps you in tune, even though you may not be able to catch everything. So uh, it, it's kind of, it, it, so that's, you know, that's something I wanted to mention before we went off the air. Uh, because fantasy football is such a huge part of the sport itself. Um, and yes, of course, the fantasy baseball, fantasy soccer, and all this other stuff. But it's not as easy to keep up with. And, you know, it's way more high maintenance. Football is one time a week. You set your lineup. You know, it's like, and then, you know, you make minor adjustments here and there if people get injured. But you're not, like, on it you know, 24 seven, as if you would be like watching, if you're like, if you're a fan of baseball, yeah. uh, let's say, or, you know, basketball where things are happening every day. So, uh, Oh, you know what, Rody, let, let's finish off this way before we go with final thoughts. Okay. Since you're a fan of the NFC, I'm going to go and I'm going to give you a, uh, I'm gonna give you I'm run the gamut of AFC teams. Okay. And just simply put, you tell me yay, or oh, yay, boo, or eh, all right, and then, so you, so I'll say a team, and you give me your opinion on them in, in that one word. That sounds fair? 
Okay, so yay is good, nay is bad, eh is in between. Gotcha. Yeah, yay, boo, or, 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 or eh. All right, so I'll have you. So AFC, we'll do the AFC because we know you're probably going to say boo to most of the NFC teams that are not the Green Bay Packers. Well, no, no, no. There, there are several NFC teams. Like every every season, like I always have like my, my two favorite teams. So Packers for the NFC and mm. the Jets for the AFC, despite the, them being the Jets. And then right. there's always like the, these one or two other teams that it doesn't matter the division. I just find very entertaining to watch for that season. So for like a while, I was always like a huge like Steelers fan, a huge Saints fan because I loved watching Big Ben and the Killer Bees. Like when they had that whole thing going on, mm. Big Ben, Le- Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, like they were a killer combo. They were great. They were fun to watch. They were a killer team. Then you had Drew Brees and the Saints, like Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas, like they were uh, even on defense, like Marshawn Lattimore, they were always so much fun to watch. So I wouldn't just be like, oh, you know, nay, nay, boo, boo for like the NFC. <laughs> all right, then. Then uh, uh, dealer's choice. All right, Roadster. What conference do you what conference do you want to go down the list of AFC or uh, NFC? I'll take the other one. Do AFC. All right. I'll take the other one then. You all right, here we go. Let's go with. Let me see where where we at here. All right, AFC teams. All right, let's go with the Las Vegas Raiders. I would have said at the beginning of the season, yay, they're mm. eh for me right now. After the whole controversy with uh, Gruden, with Gruden and with Henry Ruggs, I would say. Yep. Eh. Like, Derek you know, Carr needs a championship. Like, not that he needs a championship. I, I want to see him be successful. I don't think this year he's going to be successful. Yeah. Uh, and and I it's funny. Like after this season, he probably won't even be a Raider anymore. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, the Gruden right now, I think, is actually attempting to to file a lawsuit against the NFL as we speak. I mean, I don't, I don't know much of the details, but it's actually more about, like, uh, Goodell and how – um, how the, how the email situation was managed, uh, because a lot of because the issues that that were that were I mean the way it was framed uh, with the homophobic and racist rhetoric that was used in the in the context of the emails, um, you know some of that stuff was geared directly toward Roger Goodell himself. So uh, there's a little bit so. I think that, that story is to be continued if 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 we're gonna put a label on it. And I'm pretty sure we're probably gonna find out more and more as that as that story develops. Um New England Patriots. Yay. You know what? I really like Mac Jones. <laughs> I'm very happy that he's he's being successful of all the kids drafted in this this past draft. The fact that he's having the most success makes the most sense. Because yeah. You got Trevor Lawrence, who, number one pick, went to a team that had nothing memorable about them. Zach Wilson, number two, again, drafted to the Jets. They they haven't really had anything memorable. I I was saying to you earlier, all they really got is Crowder and Berrios. Mm. So he's he's riding the struggle bus. Justin Mm. Fields, again, really like the kid, but the Bears are hit or miss. Mm. And we got Trey Lance. And the Niners, who 
seem to have an identity crisis. Do they want to stick with Jimmy <laughs> G? Do they not want to stick with Jimmy G? Like, they're, yeah. I'm happy he's doing well. The Pats have been an established team, and they're going to, I guess, keep saying that way until uh, Belichick decides his contract with Satan's over. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. KC. Um, I'd say yay. Again, Definitely. Patty Mahomes puts on a show. He's always fun to watch. The kid is going to be remarkable for the next 10 years. Uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey is a stud. That kid, yep. he's got hands for days. Tyreek Hill is a monster. That kid is just crazy fast for no reason. Hence why he's the yes, Chiefs. And I got love for uh, Tyron Matthew. Matthew. The kid mm. great on defense. I believe nice. he was from LSU, and they, they always produce excellent footballers. So I say yay for them. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to pre-boo this one, but, of course, you don't have to agree with me. Buffalo Bills? You know what? I, I like the Bills. I'd say yay. <laughs> I'm yeah. so happy that Josh Allen, like, because that, that draft class was crazy because there were, like, five or six QBs drafted in that class. Everybody mm. was blowing Baker Mayfield because he was the number one kid from OU. Mm. Then there was Sam Donald. They were like, he's going to bring life back to the Jets, and we mm. saw what happened. Then yeah. it was Josh Rosen for the Cardinals. Mr. He thought he could pull a, an Aaron Rodgers and be like, oh, there were nine teams that made nine mistakes before me. And the kid's mm. been like bounced around to five different teams in a span of four years, and he hasn't done anything notable. Josh yeah. Allen, who kind of was like the other Josh that was like, oh, he's good, but we'll see. And then <laughs> Lamar Jackson. And Josh yeah. Allen has brought life back to the Bills. And yeah. his dynamic with uh, Stephon Diggs, like mm-hmm. I always thought Diggs was very fun to watch as a Minnesota Viking. Seeing the two of them now as Bills are even more entertaining. So I, I'd go yay. I don't want That's them to win a championship this year. But I can well, see them winning one next year or the year following. Well, let's hope let's hope that the Jets are disruptors and get in their way because <laughs> I'm not I'm personally not rooting for the Bills. I'm just gonna I, say I, it. I, I, I know I know you're not. I know you're but, not. But, but again, this this one's not about me and the AFC. It's all you right now. So <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers, L.A. Chargers. You know, yay! I I am a huge fan of Justin Herbert. Uh, I liked mm-hmm. him as an Oregon Duck. He was pretty solid then, and he's even more stellar now. His connection with uh, Keenan Allen is pretty spectacular, and uh, Eckler, too, the their running back. They have a mm. nice tandem going. I'm a little upset they didn't make it to the playoffs this year, actually. I wish I wanted them to win over the Raiders. <laughs> and you. if they just kept that fucking tie, they both would have been in the damn playoffs. But, you know, got to go for blood. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's a cutthroat sport, you know, not everybody can win, sadly. Um, Tennessee Titans. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. I, I, I like, hear don't, you. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm happy Ryan Tannehill found a home because mm-hmm. he was playing like absolute trash in Miami. He's yeah. done remarkably well. But even then, they have like wide receivers that I feel like don't get enough praise. Like, you mm-hmm. have, what is it, A.J. Brown or A.J. Green? I always get the A.J.'s confused. I want to say it's A.J. Brown. Okay. Yeah. They got they got Brown. They got Julio Jones. They got, like, decent hands over there. But 
I feel like they don't stand out to me because it's always just Derrick Henry this, Derrick Henry that. Like, mm-hmm. Homeboy was on the... <laughs> he had the league's rushing, uh, league's rushing for, like, an entire month and a half. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't even played. Like, he had been injured. And then mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor took over. And I feel oh, like... Jonathan if... Taylor, huh? Yeah, no, don't get me started. That's my dude. So much love for Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> uh... But yeah, if Derrick Henry ever like got traded or God forbid retired or got so hurt that he couldn't play anymore, nobody yeah. would acknowledge the Titans existed. So I would say they're eh, they're they're just they're <laughs> Yeah. Indianapolis Colts. Colts. So I'm biased. Jonathan Taylor is my dude. I am a huge yeah. Wisconsin Badgers fan. I <laughs> have said from day one, I don't do fantasy, but I've told everybody that does, pick up Jonathan Taylor. The kid's gonna be a beast. Nobody yeah. did. They all picked up Derrick Henry. And then after Derrick Henry got injured, I texted every one of my friends. I said, hey, you know who you should have picked up? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan and what Taylor. happened? JT killed it. Now, how do yeah. I feel about the Colts? <laughs> I think they yeah. I, I honest to God, I want Jonathan Taylor to go to a better team. Like, not, not even a better team. I, let me rephrase that. I wanted to get a better quarterback. They Right. They haven't been gay since the time of Peyton Manning. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah. No, honestly, I luck wasn't that bad. He wasn't the greatest. He wasn't the no, luck wasn't that bad. But at the same time, like you know, luck should have sat out that first year to to give way to Peyton Manning and one of his what could have been his final season, especially when you saw him light it up the way he did on the Denver Broncos. I think he might have been able to to win one on on the on the Colts. I I, I say they're like uh, and, and series, that's yeah. because I genuinely like I think Jonathan. Taylor is going to be a an absolute monster in this league, and yeah. it, when if and when he gets like a good quarterback, yeah. is when that's going to happen. Absolutely, I have no faith, no love for Carson Wentz. No love for Carson Wentz. No. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, Car- I I have respect for Carson Wentz, but I I can see why you say why you say that. My dude played um, eight minutes in an NFL playoff and then somehow still got a ring. <laughs> and you can say, well, he got them towards the playoffs. But yes, what, what, he brought them to the playoffs. But, but what did you do in the playoffs? Playoffs is where it matters. Do you think he would have survived as the the number one playing? I Listen, I think it was an impressive feat that Nick Foles came off the bench and was able to win a championship with absolutely no expectations on his ass at all. <laughs> and then like, this, guy, this, guy, this guy ain't taking you to the Super Bowl, let alone winning it for you. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yo, it's actually a redemption story for this guy because Nick Foles at one point was the guy. And look you know, at Nick, Nick now, though. Like, he's been bounced around. Like, he's been passed around more than a joint. And what has he done? He's left people high and dry. Like, he, he's like third string on the Bears. I believe he's still a bear. Yeah, third string. Bro, can I can I do the red rocket to Andy Dalton? Real funny, real funny. Just like when you look at this in perspective, um, you have you know what you call it when you have Fitzpatrick, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is a more storied quarterback, journeyman quarterback than than Nick Foles is. Like just you know. Game game for game per capita, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, this dude, Fitzpatrick, won more games. You know what I mean? But Nick Foles still boasts holding a ring. You know what I mean? For for a franchise. 
come on, dog. Like, you can talk all the shit you want. You know what I mean? But he's like, I'm pretty sure he's like, you know what? All things considered, not so bad. But yeah, you're right. I mean, perform now. You know what I mean? If if you can, if he if he has it in him, you know, like. So next team, Cincinnati Bengals. Yay! I'm really feeling the Bengals. Like I, Joe Burrow's confidence, even as a sophomore. Mm. Like he had a rough start as a freshman in the league, as a rookie. His sophomore year, he's been playing incredibly. The, everything's just falling into place. The fact that he got Jamar Chase, like. They have Higgins, they got Boyd, they got um, Mixon in the back. Like, they've just been playing remarkably. I don't think they're going to make it this year. Mm. I feel like they're going to get outplayed. Not this game, but the following game. Mm. They're going to get outplayed, but give this kid five years, all you're going to be hearing about is Joe Burrow. Nice, nice. All right, Baltimore Ravens. <sighs> eh. Yeah. I'm, I'm biased yeah. because I love, love, love Lamar Jackson. Him as a Louisville guard, I used to watch this kid and be gobstopped. Like, my mouth would be on the floor at the ridiculous shit this kid would do. Mm. I think Lamar is really good. I think everybody else on the team is fairly mediocre. What do you think, what do you think about Harbaugh as a coach? Do you think he still should be there or... I think uh, it's about time for a change. No, I think he still should be there. I just think he needs better targets because mm. it's very predictable when every play your quarterback, if he's not scrambling and running is just throwing to Mark Andrews. Like he's a killer mm. tight end. Don't get me wrong, but Marquise Brown, like Hollywood Brown needs to step up. They need like better receivers for this kid. All right. All right. Cool. Plus, He, needs, down to to learn how to, he needs to learn how to slide. Because I foresee a horrible RG3 future for him if he keeps running. I hope not. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Knock on wood, I hope not either. But he needs to learn to slide. He's he's a killer athlete. He's remarkable. It's, just, it's the team. Like, they need to Speaking get better. Which, I, mean, I, I think it is kind of crushing that RG3 never, you know, amounted uh, to his full potential. Now that we're on the subject, you know, like I see, I really liked RG three for for the time that he that he that he had. There are some quarterbacks, you know, what you can play aggressive, you can run the ball. I got no issues with that. Be smart. You are yeah. a you if you're the, like going to be the head of the franchise, use your head, not your body. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to slide. I know you want to dive and get that touchdown, but if you get injured on that touchdown, you think your second string, your third string is going to do what you can? No, that's why they're second yeah. and third string. They would have beat your ass in practice. <laughs> Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yes, so we're down to our final five teams, Rody. Okay. Here we go, of the AFC at least. All right, we have the Miami Dolphins. Oh. Uh, you know what? I would go more nay, like a boo. But yeah. They're teetering on like an eh. Because I, I like the Tua and the Jalen Waddle tandem. Yeah. I, I do like when, you know, old teammates come back and play together. But yeah. and even uh, what what's their tight end's name? Gasecki, whatever his name is. Yes. He or Gasecki. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce his name. But he's pretty yeah. good. So like, I can see if they make a few like corrections, yep. them actually going somewhere. But I think they just fired their head coach. So I feel like that's not going to happen for the next couple <laughs> of years. And by that point, two is probably going to get too injured, and then they're going to have to get draft a new QB, and then it's just back to the drawing boards. <laughs> Final four: Denver Broncos. 
no. I'd go though. So, I, I want to look asterisk. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I feel so oh, bad for that kid. I love Teddy Bridgewater. He is, That's my guy. Injury, he is an injury magnet. That dude. I like yeah, him I as a Viking, and that's saying something because I'm a Packers fan. I liked him yep. as a Viking. He had I like one. Him as a jet. He had I one mean, injury, and him. then it's been a trickle down. The dude can't find a steady home for his life. Yeah. But they're, yeah. they're missing a lot of a lot of key things, and the fact that they're so frivolous and the people they get rid of, like, yeah. uh, what was it, Philip Lindsley? He was like one of the more notable players yeah, for the Broncos. They got rid of his ass. The fact that they but got rid of all, Don Miller committee there, like you know, like they didn't even give Philip Lindsay like full trust, you know, in the time that he was still prominent because it was like he was battling with there was like other comparable like running backs around that time i think ball was one of them yeah like it just when and i think i said this to you in the uh in the past like when a team is so ready and willing to give mm. up players that fill the seats you yeah. know they're down bad and yeah think about the people that really filled the seats for the broncos like clearly you're gonna have your diehards but von they, they, they want to see von miller they yep. went to the rams philip Lindsay, who was actually making plays they got yep. rid of him Yep. Don't be surprised in like two years, uh, Patrick Sertan, his ass is gone too. And then what mm -hmm. do you got? Because right now you're still trying to find like a decent head coach. You're still finding your quarterback because Bridgewater isn't going to be, isn't their answer. They said it outright. They're like, we want somebody that's got knowledge of the game, but we still want somebody. So he's just, uh, he's a placeholder. This is like a wash of a season. And, you know, yep. I, I say they're, they're a nay. Yeah, right. Uh, I think for me personally, uh, having rooted for the Denver Broncos since the time of Peyton Manning, prior to that, the franchise president himself right now, John Elway. So, boom. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. Like, Broncos, because of the, the team and the, the history and just, like, the overall cool factor of, like, you know, the Broncos jerseys and all that, cool. You know what I mean? Admittedly, like, that's a cool team name. Um, and it has a great, it has a great history. So I'm sure that there'll be somebody else to, to or at least a few other people who are going to bring back that, that reputation of the Denver Broncos that of, of yore. But that's going to take a little while before that happens. Cleveland Browns. Okay, so I'm in between on them. They're like an F for me. I, I, I like Baker Mayfield, all right? That my dude is dangerous. And I feel, and I think I said this to you prior too, like with social media the way it is and the commentators the way it is, they augment the way that like fans perceive things. Mm -hmm. In the past decade, they went from number one draft pick to number one draft pick to number one draft pick. They kept picking up QBs. They were like going to that store and like, hey, look, my dog died. Can I get another one? My dog died. Can I get another one? And it was like, oh, we got Money Manziel. Oh, he was yep. hot to trot. He didn't perform. They kicked his ass to the curb. They picked up another Heisman. It was Deshaun Kaiser. He didn't perform. They kicked his ass to the curb. They got another, I believe, first-round pick. His ass didn't perform well. Whatever. Then you got Baker Mayfield. The kid's killing it as a Sooner. And they even asked him, they're like, when you get drafted, where do you want to go? His ass said confidently, I want to be a Brown. I want to bring them back. Mm. And I'll be damned, his ass brought them back because they went on like a three-season losing streak, basically. Mm. And 
after their first win under Baker Mayfield, the whole state of like Ohio celebrated as if they had just won a Super Bowl. <laughs> he brought life back to Ohio. He brought life back to Cleveland. And he did so relatively well with the pieces he was given. Then you figure more and more people came back. So Jarvis Landry went from Miami to Ohio. Landry pulled some strings. Hey, you got OBJ. Now people are fired up. You have Njaku. You have Chubbs. You have um, there, there's one other piece that like oh, you got Miles Garrett. Like you have so many key players that they actually mm. got to the playoffs and they were blowing the kid. They were like, yo, this is our dude. Baker Mayfield has a mediocre season this year. Plays like absolute garbage because homeboy is injured. Mm. Everybody's trying to lynch the kid. They're like, oh, he's not the answer. He's not the answer. To the point where, like, the fans are turning on him. Baker's ass is going to end up going to a better team, and he's going to perform miracles. And that's why they get an F for me, because they're, they <laughs> have potential to be great, but I think right now they're, they're very, they're very close-minded in their thoughts, and they're like, let's get rid of him instead of just saying, look, the kid's banged up. Let's give him more time. Like, he does make crappy plays, don't get me wrong. Like, he could be smarter in his <laughs> playmaking. Yep. But I don't think he's as bad as everybody sets him out to be. <laughs> yep. All right. We're going to get to it. This We're getting to the last two, last couple. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Nay, they are garbage. <laughs> they are hot garbage. Damn. Any, yeah. no, any team, and I, I think I said this with the Broncos, any team that is just so ready and willing to throw away the people that fill their seats is a team that's going to be down bad for a while. They mm. have no head coach. They have like nobody that's really memorable down there. Like the the most memorable people in the past five years, bless you, that they Thank had Jalen Ramsey, and he, that kid knew he was too damn good to be playing there. Mm. You had Leonard Fournette, who knew. Too damn well he was too good to be playing down there. And Garter Minshew, who caused Minshew mania. People actually were going to Jacksonville Jaguar games because he what was dude. He was the dude. He got everybody excited to watch. Just a random dude, like who's like, I was excited to have people go Duval. Like they were excited yeah. to be back in Jacksonville. Yeah. And the kid played his heart out, fought yeah. for his fucking life, and lost out the and lost out to Trevor Lawrence. This was a dude that was putting his money where his mouth is. And mm. they were like, we don't need him. We got Trevor Lawrence. He's our future. Mm. And again, it's it's nothing against Lawrence. He's still a rookie. But it's also who's on his team. They're not playing as well as they could. Mm -hmm. They're just they're not going to do well. And the fact that like they no longer have a head coach, like Urban Myers apparently was a very toxic man in the locker room. They got a lot of rebuilding yeah, to do. Right. They're not going to be good for a very long time. And I think the last time they were good was, and this is saying something, this is dating it, like Blake Bortles was playing. <laughs> Blake like that, Bortles. Uh, yeah, Blake no, like. The last two, though. Yeah, like that. that's saying something. Like, I remember really that draft class, it was like, it was Bortles, Mariota, Winston, and Bridgewater. They were all doing, like, really well for their respective teams. And then, like, they all just sucked. Like, Bortles yeah. was a Packer for a solid minute. Like, when yeah. Green Bay was like, we don't know if Rodgers are coming back. We got Blake Bortles. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you mentioned Leonard Fournette as well in that conversation, right? When, yeah. When he was 
Lighting it up. With uh, and then also Tom Coughlin when he had them for a yep. year. Yes. He 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 made he made some things happen with them. Uh, by the way, for those listening, former Giants coach Tom Coughlin. Uh, I guess I'll get a chance to go over, and I guess when it's my turn, I'll I'll, I'll share that. But um, all right, closing out with the New York Jets. Oh. Wow, yay! I think I established this earlier. Like I, I, I can't say they're a boo just because again, like my whole family would would lynch me. But yeah, they're, they're an ant. Like they they don't have a lot of memorable things going on. I'm excited for the future though. Yes. I feel like now that they have Robert Sala, who yep. although like the gameplay hasn't been as good as it could be. Yep. He's still a remarkable head coach. Like he did phenomenal things, I believe, for what was it, the Rams? Yep. He did great things out in LA. He had Sean McVay to like look at. Mm. He's gonna do his own remarkable things. Zach Wilson is young, he's hungry, he's eager. He's got he needs more things built around him, like an offensive line that could actually like protect the kid so he's not mm-hmm. constantly throwing on the run. And once they get that established, they should be good because I feel like Sam Darnold could have been that for them, but they just didn't make smart choices. Mm. And in turn, they made him seem like a shittier player than he was. Albeit he did not he has not played well for the Panthers. I think Sam Darnold is a an okay quarterback, he could have been a good quarterback for the Jets. So right now they're just eh for me. <laughs> I see, got you. Uh, is just a little bit about Robert Sala. Um, he was he was he was a defensive intern for the Houston Texans for a bit back in 05. That's cool. Oh. Uh, defensive quality control coach there. So he spent some time with the Texans doing different things with them. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. He he transferred over like with some comparable experience. Jacksonville Jaguars as a linebacker coach, and then San Fran as a defensive coordinator. San Fran. We did all of the AFC. You asked me about the Texans. The Texans. That wasn't. I didn't mention the Texans. I don't think you did. What? But if, if it means anything, they're they're a boo. They're they're, they're butt cheeks. Ah, they're a boo. <laughs> they're a boo. Like again, All right. the, the same issue as a lot of other teams. If you're getting rid of the only players that actually perform for you, then you don't oh, deserve sure. to be. They had D Hop. They had the only kid that like made catches, and they were like, "Yeah, it's fine. We'll give him away to the cards." What the fuck? You had DeAndre Hopkins, arguably yeah. one of the top three receivers in the whole freaking league, and you're like, "Yeah, we yeah. don't need him. It's fine." <laughs> and then the fact that like Deshaun Watson was like, "Yeah, I definitely want out. This is a shitty place." And they're like, "No, we're gonna keep you here. We're calling a shitty. He's in a toxic relationship." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're, they're, they're boo. They have nothing else. That's why do you think JJ Watt left? JJ Watt is a is a man from Wisconsin. Like he is a very loyal, humble man. And the fact that he was like, "I want out of here," says a lot. You are you are absolutely right. I didn't mention the Texans, and I also did not mention the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was gonna say you didn't say Steelers because I was thinking of the other Watt. Steelers, yep. okay. So Steelers, oof. Well, no, I think we did say the Steelers because I, I mentioned the Killer Bees. Oh no, I, I was using them as an example. Baltimore Ravens, yeah, yeah. That was that was exactly. So I would say, huh? They were like an add to a yay for me because again, okay. Big Ben, he's he's a legend. Uh, he's gonna get if he retires this year. He's definitely gonna get his his golden jacket within the next five, 
I like yeah. the Steelers. They're, I like. I think my thing is I like Mike Tomlin. I think he's a mm. great head coach, and like the past fifteen years, he's never had a losing season. Mm. He's a great coach, and all the dudes that ever play for the Steelers are just they're bruisers. They're they're monsters. <laughs> you got bless you. You got the two Watts. You got uh you used to have Troy Polamalu, like AB, Big Ben, um, Le'Veon Bell. You had uh, James Conner, Jesse James. You had – they have so many uh, – although Juju has been a little annoying now. Yep, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yep. He's, he's still pretty good. I think he should maybe dance less and play more, but, you know, say a la vie. Yeah. And Chase Claypool, the kid is – he needs to be a little more mature in his doings, but they have yep. they have a solid roster. I think they just need to get their, their shit together. Yeah, I mean they've had some they've had some pretty notable players. You know, I mentioned Palomalo earlier in this podcast. I mean yeah. that you know played 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 his heart out there for a long time and was a very very staple player there. So yeah, most definitely, man. I mean, you got they have some they have a great storied history, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm actually not a huge fan of Ben Roethlisberger personally. You know, but you know. What you know, at, at the end of it all, you know, if I'm just speaking to his career on the field, then yeah, I mean, his success is is undeniable. He is one of the more successful quarterbacks in the in the NFL. Uh, Mike Tomlin, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Um, all right, man, here now, we go. All right, so I'm gonna say the NFC North for last because clearly you tried to leave the Jets for me. So I'll, uh, leave, I'll leave my team for you. Uh, so we'll start NFC East. Giants. Giants. We're starting off with team. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I like the Giants, man. I'm not, you know, I'm not a New York, uh, what you call it. I know that they're, that they're eh in terms of, to a, to a boo in terms of, you know, like their performance. They have a 4-12 and record, just same as, or a 4-13 and record, same as the Jets, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, four wins. A four-one season doesn't necessarily garner you like any respect, but um, you know, just as a you know, I'm just talking about me personally. I I think the thing, the only thing I really dislike about you know the the Giants is their fan base. But the Giants themselves, I'm a I'm 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 actually I'm actually for I'm 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 actually kind of a fan of. Um, and I think that kind of really sparked and started off when when Eli Manning like derailed. Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? And instead of this person talking about, shit, this man has nine Super Bowls, he only has seven. Only has seven. Okay, I just wanted to let you know that. Eagles. Eagles, yeah. Um, they're inter- they're uh, eh, for me. Uh, you know, it's funny. A lot of people draw comparisons to the Eagles and the Jets. You know, like there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, there there's some like similarities, I guess, in in the way that they that they that they've been approached. Um, but to me, like, what do I think about the franchise? It's okay. Um, you know, I I I respect I respect the Eagles. I respect the franchise, but um, in terms of like. Me considering one of my top teams, nah. Cowboys. Boo. Uh, nah. Actually, it's funny. I I don't like the Cowboys. I don't like, and I guess that probably stems from the Tony Romo, Troy Aikman era. Um, but I do like Dak Prescott. So, uh, and Ezekiel Elliott's pretty cool too. But 
I'm, I'm more I'm more of a I'm, I find myself rooting for Dak rather than rather than anything else. Yeah, just need to take the ball. The most controversial of them because they are the team without a name. The former Redskins, the Washington Football yeah. Team, which allegedly should be getting their new name come February second. So I think like around the Super Bowl or a little before, a little after, they're allegedly getting their new name. The Washington Natives. No, I think it's uh, it's it's something stupid. It was just like there there are five options where it's like oh the Washington like Guardians, the Washington Wolves, the Washington they have something like a list of potentials. All right, well let's, let's see. Let's see what they call, let's see what they pull out. But uh, what do I think about the Washington football team? Uh, boo! I think they suck ass. I'm not a, not a huge fan of them. Um, you know, and again, I, you know, uh, I think most notably, I think when I think about the Washington franchise, I actually think about uh, you know poor Alex Smith. You know what I mean? Like facing the. Facing the you know, Joey Theismann uh, injury, having the what you call it, having like a career ending career end. Well, he got he came back, but having an injury that seriously derailed him, um, and probably what was considered the prime of his career. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We already did the NFC East. Now we're gonna go south. So Tampa fucks. Oh man, uh, you know what? I hated Tom Brady all the way up until he became a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. There's something about him. I have nothing but respect for him. I think he he shut me up as a fan when he, um, you know, was like I'm going to go to a different team. I want to show you that I don't, I didn't, I don't need my former coach to be uh, considered one of the best players in the entire world. It's not a matter of is Bill Belichick better than me or if I'm better than Bill Belichick. No, I'm Tom Brady, and I've established my own legacy. So. And now he has one extra championship than Bill Belichick, and I have to fucking eat him inside. So, uh, I'm with that. Uh, Saints. Who that? Huh. Um. So, I'm Saints. That's a legitimate question. Now that they barely have a quarterback, so now they barely have a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, Drew Brees. You know, I, I like Drew Brees as a as a player. Uh, but you know, I. Never found myself rooting for the Saints, really. So uh, I'll I'll give him a solid eh. Uh, you know I wasn't I wasn't really cheery on them. But as I said, I think you know I respect the franchise. I respect the city of New Orleans. Um, you know, just like I, I kind of put that in the same category as I do Eagles. I respect the city of of, of Philadelphia. And I respect the fan the fandom of of those teams. But me personally, nah. Okay. Eh. Panthers. <laughs> Panthers, all right, cool. Um, I mean, I liked Panthers best when when, when Killer Cam was was at the top of his game. Yeah, you know the, the number one ripping the Superman, the Superman, uh, Superman gesture was was was, was super dope at, back in the day. Um, you know, and I, I also liked Christian McCaffrey, man. I think I think he was cool too. So, um, you know, right now, solid. Eh. I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna build back to prominence as that they once were, and not anytime soon, at least. But uh, yeah, eh. I'd say they were barely prominent, but you know I'm biased. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Falcons. Boo! They forgot Ooh, they were I Falcons. I just can't stand them. Like, ew. I'm sorry, Matty Ice, but Maddie not my Ice not my. Warm at this point. They need to. Yeah, he's melting. Nelson. They need to draft a new QB. They need something. That kid's been looping. Yeah, you know, 
Not only that, I think, you know, they never they never recovered, man. They went to the Super Bowl once. They had this huge, you know, lead that was supposed to be insurmountable for the New England Patriots back uh, when Tom Brady was at the helm. And, you know, they got exposed out there in the second half. So, uh, you know, mentally, how do you recover from that? It's a very, very hard thing to do to go back to the Super Bowl. So, you know, um, you know, you're only good, you're only as good as your last game in this sport. And that's the sad part. But, you know. That's how that's how the players live their lives, and as a, as a matter of fact, you know, if I'm being completely truthful, I was never truly a fan of the Falcons to begin with. I had respect for Julio in his heyday, but everything else was yeah, respect for Julio in his heyday for sure, definitely. Okay, so now we're in the West Seahawks. Hey, hey, hey yay! I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, yay for the Seahawks. Uh, I like. Russell Wilson and what, what you know what he's done with the team. Pete Carroll. I mean, I don't love them all the time. You know what I mean. I'm, I'm sometimes they could be a bit annoying, but uh, you know, I, I I just agree with the fact that you know, like this this team consistently, like they're always competitive. They're going to bring it every year, um, no matter no matter what the situation is. They 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 are they're always out there fighting to try to be the best team that they can be. Whether you know they end up upper middle of the pack at, at, at the very worst. So, you know, you can't really argue with their results. Uh, they were their bottom of the pack this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, this is a little different. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, as, as I said, I mean, not everybody can have a stellar year. I, I, think they'll, I think they'll bounce back, though. I don't know. I feel like Russell's going to, to New York. That's my gut feeling. He's going to, to be a giant. He's, he's going blue? I mean, the other I, shade of blue? I feel like he's going to be a Royal giant. Blue? If I had to guess, I don't think they have a lot of trust left in Danny Jones. Danny Dimes has not been paying off. Saquon Barkley yeah. has been injured too much, and I feel like yeah. that's not their answer. They're going to try to put a reputable QB in behind that line because their O-line is garbage. At least Russell knows how to, to run and actually like perform under pressure. But you know, I mean – yeah, no, I, I hear you on that, but you know, like Wilson is, you know, he also has his own health spot that he's considering himself. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't want to be in a in a shitty old line, having to create and extend plays every play for this team. You know, like he's gonna, you know, hopefully his presence will bring a stronger offensive line. You know, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know if that would be the best decision for him in his career. If he decides to go down that path, I think he should stay a Seahawk. But again, you know, loyalty is. Loyalty works in both ways. They gotta treat him if, right too. If they trade enough things, fuck it. it the The Seahawks may not be loyal to him. That, that mm, might be a big exactly. factor too. Both uh, ways. That's right. Yeah. Niners. Niners. Uh, you know what's crazy? I I actually do like Jimmy Garoppolo. I was, uh, I had high expectations, high hopes for him. I know he's looking, you know, mighty average around around this around now, but um. You know, uh, I think, eh, right now, like, you know, 49ers, I never, you know, my own biases, never truly loved the franchise anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I never found myself, like, rooting for them. So the only time I really found myself, like, oh, I, I'm supporting this team is uh, under the guidance and uh, of, of Garoppolo. And as I said, right now, I think that's kind of dwayning. Okay. So now the only two left, which are actually in the playoffs right now, which are probably going to be one of the two good games that we're going to see this super uh, wild card weekend, uh, uh-huh. Cardinals. Boo! Not a fan. Really? 
Yeah, I don't know. Kyler Murray, I get it, blah, 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 all this other stuff. I know hype, hype, excitement, excitement, but I don't feel it. I, 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 I'm rooting for the downfall. <laughs> if I'm being, uh, I'm, I'm putting my hater hat on it on, on this one. Uh, I, I, I think you know, just for some sense of normalcy, please let the Cardinals suck again. Uh, quite frankly, it, 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 after they, their loss to the, the the Packers, they've been rooting for their own downfall. They've been well, on a very rough losing streak. Ah, like, good. All that from again. like the one seed to the four seed. It was it was very hard to see. Yeah, yeah all's right with the world again. That's that that's more like it. That's the the Cardinals that I know. Now, last we have the Rams. Rams. Uh, you know, I really liked the Rams. Uh, you know, in, in the in the time, I mean, I like Cooper Cup. I think he's freaking disgusting, beast, monster, best receiver in the game. You know, at, at, at this very moment, uh, I know both. Devontae Adams just cringed at you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I like Cooper Cup. Uh, what you call it? You know, at one point, you know. I wished Todd Gurley would have had a, a longer a longer run than he actually did. Um, you know, yeah, he had a great well, he had a great season, but then kind of like you know fall like again you know injuries like you know like pressure all that stuff gets you fame even. Um, and Jared Goff was the quarterback at one time, no longer there. So uh, you know, I I think my. You know, kind of. I'm gonna go with a solid eh, right? But I lean toward the A for them because I I still think that they that they that they're making things happen. But um, I, I but I think for me like my interest in in that team is dropping. All right. Now, since you mentioned JR Goff, now we got to segue into the NFC North. We're at the last four. The line. Boom. Boo. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only time I want to see them is on Thanksgiving when they lose. <laughs> oh, look, I'm biased. There are two players on the Lions that I actually genuinely like. Jamal Williams, I wish he was still a Packer. That kid has yeah. so much heart and so much integrity. I want him back. And yeah. Amon Ra, uh, St. Brown. He's the brother of Equinemius St. Brown, and he's such a killer rookie. The kid's got such great hands. Mm. Uh, so next up, the Bears. The Bears. Yep. <sighs> hmm. Interesting. I, I I'm debating like where where I stand with them. I feel two very conflicting feelings at the same time when you bring up the Bears. Uh, I like the history of the Bears, the '85 Bears, right? I mean, just that 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 that's always cool, um, you know. But the current current iteration of the Bears is nowhere near that. So, eh, <laughs> eh. Okay. Now we got two left Vikings. The Vikes, I. Yay, kinda. Uh, I find myself. I mean, maybe it might be the colors. Maybe it might. <laughs> maybe it might be uh, the fact that it had Brett Favre on the team at one point. Uh, even, you know, uh, maybe it might be the fact that 
you know, uh, you know, that's where that's where my man's uh, Teddy Bridgewater got to start. You know, there's like a whole bunch of different things I like the Vikings for for a myriad of reasons. Uh, and the fact is, games between them and and just the NFC North is always exciting and competitive. And they they bring out the best in, in the rest of that division. They 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 get a low key gold star because again, they they produce some of the better games that 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 the league has had. And I think without the Vikings, they're a huge part of that division, a huge part of the league, and they um they don't get nearly enough credit for that. Um, the one thing I will say is uh this dude who was on the team um shoot the one that they paid like ridiculously well uh came from what position NFC quarterback NFC oh, East. Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins boom he played yeah he played for me played on the Washington football team from at the Red Time Redskins right yeah Kirk Cousins um yeah i mean he's the only exception boo to Kirk Cousins I, I wouldn't be surprised he gets traded, too. I think his, his contract's up. And the fact that they have no head coach now, Mike Zimmer got fired. Like, oh, there's, there's going to be a huge remodeling in that entire yeah. establishment. And all they're really going to have are two key players, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And depending on who they get, that might stay that way. Like, they, they'll probably bounce, and then they'll be trash again. <laughs> right. Right. Last but not least... Green Bay. Oh, man. Yay, man. Green Bay Packers, my second favorite team. I didn't even say that throughout the entire thing of this podcast, but, I mean, Jets won, and number two right under it is, is the Packers. So I'm rooting for their success. I want them to do well. I want them to win there. I want them to – you know, it's crazy. I'm either going for them or the Chiefs, the Super Bowl. Uh, I hope that the Chiefs – you know, I, I wouldn't be mad if either one of them made it. I'd be happy to, I'd be happy to see Patrick Mahomes win a second one. Uh, it would kind of almost like – so you know, like solidify his his legacy a bit more and make you know make make him more comfortable as the quarterback of the future. Um, but yeah, man, Aaron Rodgers before before he leaves this league, I definitely want to see him win one more. You know what I mean? It would definitely uh, do do my heart good to see the fact that you know this person who delivered for his team time and time again under scrutiny, under pressure. Uh, you know, with everything thrown at him, like fighting through injuries, this guy is a fighting quarterback through and through. And yeah, I mean, you know, whatever you whatever you want to say about him off the field, go ahead. But when it comes to when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the NFL, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, man, I think he's he's definitely one of the best to ever put on a helmet. I mean, what you call it? May not have as much championships as a Tom Brady. But definitely needs to be acknowledged as as one of the goats. I agree, hundred percent. Most definitely, most of. Rhodes, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? No, other than go pack go. You know, my final thought, and I think we should have opened up with this one. Maybe we can do a little bit of re-editing here. Um, rest in peace, John Madden, man. Yeah. Such a, you know, one of the reasons why we even did this episode in the first place. Um, his legacy to the game has been, uh, you know, his fingerprint is ever present. Um, you know, thanks, thank him for his coaching mind, his, uh, his dynamic um, announcing that, you know, like you've really felt and engaged in the fact that, you know, 
he was the football, you know, guru. Like you respected John Madden. And obviously, you know, like the the video games that, that bear his name, you know, there there's so many things that, that John Madden, you know, has done for football. Um and I think, you know, he should be pleased with his work and I hope that um, you know, when we remember John Madden, we remember just the sheer impact that he made on the entire NFL. Absolutely, I concur. Um, yeah, uh, other than that, though, you know, uh, thank you, Rody. We definitely, we definitely talked all things football today. Uh, I feel that we covered a lot. You know, one of the things that we didn't want to do was like try to cover every, every, everything, but it's almost impossible not to, right? Yep. Yeah, you know, and the, the thing is, we, we we were here for almost three hours and we only barely scratched the surface. That's the crazy part. And we primarily just talked about this season. If we go back in time, woof. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. All right. I'm going to finish off with a final question for you. Uh, predictors of this year's Super Bowl, who do you think is taking it? Who do you think is entering first, and who do you think is taking it at the end? Uh, who do I think is entering? Green Bay? Yep. Chiefs? Yep. And winning, I'm going to go with Green Bay. Boom. Man, do you count out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one more year? Can do you do it right? Um, I don't know. Uh, but I will say that my expectation. I think I agree with you, Packers, Chiefs, and for me, it's a coin toss. I think just for the sake of this podcast and kind of give you a counterpoint, I'm gonna say Chiefs. Why the hell not, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, but would I be mad if either or one? No, I'd be I'd be excited to see them both enter and hope for the most competitive game possible. Um, cause I think seeing a two ball like that, who would really win that game? The, the fans. fans. Yep. Oh man. So we're not going to say goodbye. So we won't. We'll just say till next time. My name is Jay Rando. I'm Rody. And we have unpacked this to the point where, you know what, we left a mess outside the box, not cleaning it up. Have a good one listening, everybody. Thank you for your time today. Until next time, take care.